Welcome back to the WMMA Today podcast uh, with Drake Riggs and I, Steve King. Um, this is a kind of a holiday-ish for some, for me, um, Indigenous, Indigenous People's Day. It's the first one for um, that is federally regulated. Our President Biden uh, just made it a holiday. Um just the other day, last week, I think on the eighth or something like that. Um, I'm I'm indigenous, so you can, as you can see on my hat, you know, wearing the teepee and shit. Um, so yeah, it's it's a big it's 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 nice to be recognized for once, because usually the United States doesn't recognize uh, Native Americans for anything really. So it's nice. It's nice. It's a holiday. I took the day off. Fucking here. Hanging out, at a boy. All right, so um, so we have a a lineup as usual. Um, the UFC Vegas thirty nine recap, uh, mailbag. I think with one one from yep. Mr. We got Mr. mail. Stamina, <laughs> um, his first one, I believe. Some news, some good news. Title fight. What the hell? I was not expecting it. Loved it. Loved to see it though. Um, and then Bellator 268 preview, and then the UFC Vegas 40 preview, which is on Saturday. Uh yeah, man. So UFC Vegas 39 was was pretty good for a card that people were shitting on. Turns out that way most of the time, doesn't it, Drake? People are like, hey, this card sucks on paper and shit but fucking there were a lot of finishes drake what that's how it goes that's yeah. how it goes every time right, right? And, um i'll tell you man i typically don't feel this way about like morning cards but i think 11 a.m is like perfect timing i thought that was fantastic okay, so for for a nine fight card you, let me tell you drake <laughs> i was drinking beer at 11 a.m. Perfect time to start. <laughs> right. So by the time that Mackenzie Dern and Marina Rodriguez were on, I was kind of drunk. Your boy honest. was a little lit. <laughs> I was. Um, it was fun though. It was it was good. It was it was good to uh just to, to see you know early fights. I don't like it typically, you know, I'm kind of the night watcher guy. But I mean, that's just what I'm accustomed to, being out here on the West Coast, as you know, Drake. You're the same. Yep. We yeah. typically. Yeah. Okay, so right off the bat, hello guys. I see you guys saying the card did suck. James, come on, it didn't suck. There were <laughs> there were a shit ton of finishes. Like five or six out of nine were finishes. How does that? How does that suck? Just because we got a lot like, of blood. Yeah. Oh, the the mat was covered in blood, right? It was wonderful. It sucked because um, well, stamina. <laughs> love you. I'm I'm I am a day drinker. I'm a night drinker. I'm an it doesn't matter drinker. But to You're be the honest, best kind. <laughs> but to be honest, I smoke weed too. So there's that. I, I I think I had a blunt rolled, I think, 
um fairly can't early. even remember <laughs> fairly early for my for me fairly early i don't get up and blaze right away like i used to kind of kind of like to have my coffee and hang out you know on days off and you know hang out and shit and then start drinking or start smoking and i fucking woke up and i was like dude there's fights on let me roll this blunt really quick holy shit i got modello in the refrigerator let me drink a modello really quick you're so 209, Steve. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, all right. With all that in mind, I love seeing happy Steven five minutes into the show without even starting officially yet. So you guys, if you're here and watching via my Twitter today, live on YouTube still as always. Now we're on Anchor, not live. Spotify, not live. Yeah, all the platforms, uh, Google Podcasts, still setting up some of the other ones, but we're getting all around now. So if you're here for the first time, thank you so much for tuning in. Like, share, horror. subscribe. Yeah, do all those things. Help us out. Hit that notification bell. Whatever it may be, wherever you are, appreciate you greatly. But don't forget, you know, support. Support your homies here who are here every single Monday or a different day if we're busy. Either way, every week, episode 71 right now. And this is only of our scrap stretch. We have been going for quite a while, Steve. So with that in mind, you mentioned UFC Vegas 39 did happen. We have fights to recap. We do yeah. have fights of to Of course, there's fights to recap. There's always fights to recap. And we'll start off with, this was the second fight of the night? First fight of the night? Either way, my goodness. Lupi looked pretty good out there. Yeah, she did. Lupita, Lupita Gureñas beat Sil Silvana Gomez-Juarez um, by submission. Uh, rear naked choke. Um wasn't really expecting her to 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 get the the quick finish. We expected her to get a finish, though, right, Drake? No, I didn't. I mean, this was a fight that we didn't preview last week because it was supposed to be Sam Hughes, the Sam Hughes yeah. trilogy, because they did fight twice as amateurs, which is funny. Kind of forgot about that last week, but we broke that down, so we didn't actually, uh, you know, break down this fight, Steve, because Silvana. Gomez was supposed to be fighting tonight or tomorrow night. I'm all over the fucking place. But um, <clears throat> she was supposed to be on Contender Series. Silvana, somebody been high on for a good bit now. I think she should have been signed to the UFC sooner. If you remember, Steve, she had that title shot against Lipsky in her prime in KSW. Came up short but put on a good fight. And in this one, it just did not go her way whatsoever. This was absolute domination from Loopy. I mean, there was a very nice... One solid shot, right hand from Silvana off the break from the first takedown. But after that, got taken down again. Loopy did her thing, found the arm bar. Um, very good stuff there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we knew she was, but uh, yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. this fight, I thought this fight would be harder than the Sam Hughes fight, uh, you know, after the change happened. But that was not the case and just a rough change for Silvana. But hey. In the UFC now, maybe she'll go back up to flyweight. She had fought at strawweight before this, but most of her career has been flyweight. As I mentioned, that Lipsky title fight was for the flyweight crown in KSW a couple of years back. So um, I'm glad to see her here. Like I said, I think she should have been here in the first place. But this this performance really did her a disservice to the people who saw her for the first time because they're going to think that she's shit now, but she is definitely not. She is very talented, but uh, Loopy was not playing around. So fantastic stuff from her. No, she's kind of a she's kind of a gangster, man. Lupita is. Um, she puts on hell hell of a good fight every time out. Um, she's 
she's entertaining, man. Just she's entertaining in the cage when she's fighting, when she's talking. She's very like outgoing and sweet and stuff. But she's a mean ass bitch when she's fighting, though. Love that girl. Yep, very excited to see what is next for her. And my oh my, our friends in the chat are very salty. Not salty, but a little, a little on the negative side. So you guys were not having it with this card. Yeah, they goodness. don't. They don't like it. They didn't like it, which is fine. A uh, bunch of finishes, and I agree. I I saw somebody who did I see say just because there aren't finishes doesn't mean that they're. It's not a good card. It's a good card. Well. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't I, the best by any means, but it was better than we thought it would be. It's well, yeah, I mean, exactly. And you know, people weren't hyped about Rodriguez and Dern being a main event, you know. And they always are with the women, Steve. You know how it goes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, right? most people. But it was a good card. I mean, it was an early card for us, uh, Drake, for you and I, because we're West Coast boys. But. Um, you know, the European fan base, they actually got to see it at a decent time. I mean, what what more do you want, honestly? What do you want? <laughs> Wilder and, and Fury? Every every fight? It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so spoiled, I tell you. So gosh darn spoiled. They are. They really are. Especially with the pay-per-views that we've we've been getting lately the pay-per-views have been oh and the ones coming up my goodness yeah they're stacking them and they keep stacking them drake yes yes they are it's looking quite good um chuck <laughs> is here he says uh gomez juarez had yasmin waruguay in her corner Haragi. all right in her corner someone ufc matchmakers likely have an eye on yeah very possible um yeah. Like I said, Sabana will be back, and then, yeah, maybe we'll see Yasmin soon as well. Jin yeah. is here. He asks, how does Loopy do against Frey? Uh, I I imagine she would do pretty good. Of course, Jin has finally got some momentum going. She's got a winning streak, but you look at, I think, the people she beat, Loopy would beat too. So I think that would be a tough one for her. Loopy still getting exposed to a lot of people, but for those who have followed her for a while, she is typically this good that we saw her against Silvana. Um, and, you know, we kind of see more of her boxing often. I don't remember a fight where she really was that aggressive with the grappling, Steven. Smart move because Silvana is a very good striker herself and uh, would have yeah. fed her some healthy leg kicks, some inside leg kicks, as our man Ghost likes to see. But, um, yeah, very smart approach from her, especially on short notice like this. So worked out. Fry fights, not quite what I would make, but I wouldn't be fucking surprised if they made that because they love putting the uh, veterans against the up-and-comers. So we'll probably see that, Jen. Uh, good call there. I mean, not a good call, but you're, you're thinking smart. Um, yeah. Okay. And Jimmy says, after seeing Lupi against Penne, this was expected. Um, Joseph is here. He says, Steve, do you have goosebumps thinking about Joanna versus Rodriguez? We'll get there, Joseph. Hold off on that, Steve. <laughs> Hold off. I mean, we pretty I'm much like, we've addressed I'm that like before. Right but yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've we'll addressed that before. We're we're excited for yeah. I mean, we've been wanting that for a while now. So um, but yeah, that was uh Juarez versus Loopy. So after that, this one I'm sure Steve does not want to talk about, but my oh my, what a performance that it was. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, so Maria Agapova uh, beat Sabina Mazo, third round submission. It was another rear naked choke. Um, this was all Agapova. My girl Sabina Mazo didn't have didn't didn't have anything for Agapova like at all. This was not Sabina Mazo like what we what I was expecting. I'm high on her though, and I mean, am I wrong? Like, it's like. It's for to be a fan of Sabina Mazo is kind of it's been tough. Kind of, it's it's tough, man. It's tough on the heart. Like I was watching that fight and I was like, just let those let him go. Kick her, kick her in the fucking head, man. Like I get it. Agapova is is big and long as well. Like she's pretty much just as long, long as Mazo, right? But Still a little bit. A little bit, yeah, less, just a little but, bit yeah. but I mean, Mazo has those long ass legs that she can use to kick, to kick her off of her, to keep her the fuck away, and there was none of that. The clinching, there was no clinch work for Mazo at all. The Muay Thai wasn't there. This was all Agapova. Everything was about Agapova in this fight. Yeah, this was uh, very unexpected, um, you know, very brilliant performance from her, Steve. You know, we both picked uh, Sabina last week, yeah. and I think that was the logical choice considering what yeah. we've seen from Agapova in the past. Um, you know, she starts off very strong, and we if she hasn't, she's always gotten the finish typically, but against obviously Dobson, she didn't, and then faded completely. Uh, expected that to be the case again here if it was to go that way because we hadn't seen any evidence of anything else since then. Uh, but she changed camps, went to MA Masters. Now she looks absolutely reinvented. Uh, what I did like from Sabina was that she didn't start very slow. I thought she came out right away and was she was really pressuring most of this fight but just wasn't very successful with it. Uh, she, wasn't letting her, she wasn't letting her strikes go. Right. Like it was like she was holding back. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very odd too for you know that. A, like I said, the pressure she was putting fight. on. It was just an off fight for her, and I mean that's kind of disheartening. Yeah, and it was just a good performance from Agapova though, who was very yeah, absolutely pay, pay, more patient than normal. You know, she's very nor notoriously aggressive in the past yeah. couple of fights, but really picked her shots in this one, and it paid off huge. Didn't tie her out. Finished uh, Sabina well, right under a minute there in the third round. Pretty much a knockout and a submission all in one sequence. Pretty ridiculous. Uh, Sabina tapped pretty much instantly. She was done from the punch, really. But, yeah, this was uh, very impressive uh, from Agapova. I mean, we knew she had potential to be, you know, a player, Steve. But yeah. just didn't expect it to come like this against this kind of matchup with Sabina. So, yeah, so I was thinking, I was thinking about like at, right after this was over, the fight was over. I was like, "All right, so I don't know what to do with Mazo after this, but Agap Agapova, put her in there against Lipsky." Ooh. Oh my! Yeah, you're speaking my language. <laughs> that would be something. Yeah, um, you think you think that's a good one? I mean, I think that's a great fight. Um, that's a tough one for either to lose after just rebounding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but holy shit, that'd be I mean, fun. 
but I mean, they fuck it. Yeah. They need well, well, I mean, Steve, the, the fight to make is obviously the Morose fight. That's the one. You know, you got that beef there. I don't know if they're going to, man. Like, I know, <laughs> I know, obviously, Agapova wants that fight bad. She wants that fight really fucking bad against Morose. But does Morose want that fight? She responded today, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I would, at a point, I would have said that Marina should be fighting up because, you know, she's on a good streak right now at, uh, you know, in the division. Um, but she hasn't fought in a while and she's had so many cancellations that, like, kind of, you know, don't really, you got to reinsert yourself into the mix now. So why not? with uh somebody who really wants to fight you <laughs> you know i think there's no problem with that but there's since it, since since there's all that to it it probably won't happen steve so you're yeah. right <laughs> yeah i don't th- i honestly don't think it'll happen when do we ever see other than i guess with masvidal and leon edwards now but when do we ever it took see- a while yeah it took a <laughs> hell of a long time when do we ever see and th- and that's still in December. That's months away. Um, and sh- anything can happen. It's MMA. But when do we ever see like a real bitterness come from women, and then something come to come to fruition with with it? Like we don't see it that often, really. You know? Yeah. Um, I know. I, I'm trying to think. Like, obviously, right. the the biggest the biggest one is what Ronda and Cyborg. That's like yeah, the biggest that was example. So long ago, that was a long time ago, man. Yeah, there was, and there was a lot of complications to that. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. It's rare that we kind of get that much heat too. So, um, obviously, if you haven't seen Marina Morales made some very damning and disturbing claims about uh. Agapova and her departure from the gym, ATT that is, a while back. Yeah. If you search, uh, I think both of their names, it probably should come up. Um, I, I wrote that an article for that on BJPen.com, so you can go search on there if you would like. But either way, I think that'd be fun. But like you said, we'll see. We will see. So, uh, what do we got here? It would be nice to see that fight. I just don't know if it will actually happen, Drake. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Um, Mr. Lee is here. He says, sorry, I didn't like this card uh, either. <laughs> didn't like the Duran Rodriguez fight. Sorry, I need to be more like Alvin. <laughs> wow, oh, Mr. Lee, man. that is incredible. Uh, you we'll guys get are to just that. being really... Really spoiled. Yeah. What the hell? Ghost says, uh, Maza was doing well kicking the trailing leg when Agapova was on the fence, but she went away from it. That is true. She was landing yeah. nice with the kick. But, um, that's really what I can remember most from her success. That's like it. it. Yeah. That's like it. I mean, that's terrible. That that's all, all it really was, you know? Yeah. Uh, ghost also saying, and Mazo did land on the closed uh, side to the head, which isn't ideal. I don't remember her head kick landing too clean though. Um, I know she threw it obviously, but I don't remember it being anything too significant in there. I I think it's kind of like slapped. Agapova yeah. a little bit and but it didn't it didn't like rock her like how it would other fighters. But yeah. again, Agapova's tough as fuck. So you know, maybe maybe Mazo threw it and it hit her and she thought it would be more and Agapova was like, nah, this that didn't do shit. 
you know <laughs> she's a gangster man he said loopy's a gangster agopova is a freaking gangster too um yeah Joseph says, Mazo has no fight IQ. Agapova had to be 145 in the cage. Need to step up in fighting. Okay, so <laughs> Joseph, I enjoy Joseph's, you know, general ridiculousness week to week, but like, <laughs> I don't know where some of his claims come from. It's a very, very random. Sometimes. Saying that she has no fight IQ, but because well, I not, do... not that, more of the 145 and then needing a step up in fighting. <laughs> was, obviously, she was 145. But I mean, he that's a stretch. Obviously, that's a stretch. But I get what he's saying because it did look like Agapova was quite beefy in there. I didn't think it was too outrageous. But again, but... Sabina Mazo is like lengthy and tall. So it kind of made Agapova look like she was a lot bigger than Mazo, even though they're like the same size. Yeah, no, they're pretty. Pretty solid frames for 125, I would say. Uh, James says, this was a Shevchenko-Valentina-like performance. If Valentina was bad, my goodness, you guys. What is going on? <laughs> Counter-striking and waiting. Wow. Jen says, don't like Agapova. Mazo should have come with a better strategy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fine. That's that's fair. That's a, that's a fair criticism, I guess. A better yeah. strategy. I agree with a better, better strategy. It it did not work. Right. Um, That's why I agree with it. Yeah. So, my goodness, lots of things rolling in here. <laughs> uh, rain is getting off track. We'll save that for later. <laughs> I knew it was going to come. Uh, Joseph thinks that Mazo should go back to one thirty-five. I I don't know, man. I don't know about that. I mean, let's see how she does in the next fight. Like for this one in particular, I don't think there was anything wrong. Like you can't blame the weight on the performance. Agapova just looked very solid. And then uh, Mazo tried to, you know, change things up by being as pressure heavy as she was, um, which, you know, she typically isn't. So that was different for her, but we'll see scott is here good to see you scott thanks for tuning in man he says the ufc can't make agapo versus morose soon enough i'm down to watch that fight week drama yeah, yeah that would be pretty intense big drama show big drama show I agree um, scott. stamina says morose has had difficulty making it to the dance in recent times it's the issue that yep, very true uh go says it would have been better if she landed to the open side for a cleaner kick yes that's for sure um Oh God. Rain. Rain is raining it down. I know. I've already <laughs> seen this. Uh Joseph says, call you saw Agapo. Okay. All right, Joseph. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's taking over for Yusuf, you know. <laughs> like let's slow the reins on this. I guess we what need a, a uh, this is a hot start to the show, Steve. You guys are all over the place today. We're only 23 minutes in. My God. My God. Um all right, anyway, that was uh, Agapova versus Mazo. Let's move on to the main event, goddammit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. What a start. <laughs> so, um, Marina Rodriguez beat Mackenzie Dern by decision. Uh, it was very unanimous, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um, there were... There were a lot of strikes from Mackenzie during in this fight, man. Like she was, she she was doing, she was doing all right, and then all of a sudden 
I think it was what the third round where she went back to flailing her flailing her arms around again. And I was like, oh my god, Marina is going to fuck her up. But it never happened. Um it was there were really scary hoping. moments there. I was really hoping. I was like, oh God, Mackenzie's gonna Mackenzie's gonna get knocked the fuck out right now. Marina never did it. Uh it, which is too bad. Not that I want to see Mackenzie necessarily want to see Mackenzie get knocked out like that, but it would teach her a lesson not to fucking throw those wild ass punches. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm very kind of surprised by these numbers because I feel like there's no way Dern landed 80. I mean, those most of those had to be on the ground, right? I mean, let's look at round two here. Yeah, 33 of those were in round two. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah. then uh, round four, which was the other one that she got a very brief takedown, 39 seconds, as you can see there. Uh, maybe a little bit more, just that they didn't count the time. I feel like it was like right under the minute mark, right at the end there of that fourth round. But um, yeah, this was for the most part the Marina Rodriguez show, uh, Steve, and not really surprised. You know, this was this fight went about as expected as you should have expected to. And I mean, I really enjoyed it from the standpoint that we knew and we know how absolutely dangerous that Mackenzie Dern is on the ground. So every single time that she got close without being hurt. I was like, oh boy, you tighten up. You're like, oh shit, is is she gonna figure out how to get her down? Because really? the times that she did, the times that she actually did, which they didn't even count a takedown for her in round two, because that was kind of like, again, they just kind of fell because Mackenzie doesn't, she doesn't know how to do a takedown. Um, what was it's that? So did upsetting. Did she... It's so upsetting, Drake. Like I... How do you not know how to just take a single leg? <laughs> take a single leg, man. It's just, it's upsetting. It's, it's honestly like, what the fuck? What are you training for? Like, you need to go to a wrestling gym. You got it. Once you're on the ground, dude, you're the best. You're the best female grappler in MMA right now. But, yeah, but you have to get the fight to that point, and we're we're gonna keep saying this, Drake, until she learns how. And I don't know if it's just she she's never gonna get get it. She's never gonna gonna get there. That's how I feel coming out of this fight. She lost that fight. She lost this fight because she couldn't get the takedown. Yeah, essentially. Um... Because I mean, she hadn't really, she had nothing to offer on the feet. She was not really threatening at all. Marina, as expected. There, but yeah, but she was hanging in there, and like she, she didn't she, get finished. You can, whatever, you can say whatever you want about Mackenzie Dern. She's tough. She's a tough ass girl, man. Like she's there for the beating. Yeah, that's that's for sure. But um, yeah. So that that was still the story, Steve. And I mean. It all it all went kind of back as as expected, right? I mean, we like I said, didn't see the improvements with any forms of you know proper takedowns. What there was was that attempt in the the first or the second round. Whenever she went for kind of a single, 
kind of, and then Marina caught her uh, our other arm and had her like in a standing crucifix. You remember that sequence yeah. there? Yeah. Um, and that's and that right there literally tells you that Mackenzie Dern can't get even a single leg takedown. Cannot because dude, you can't go for a you can't go for the the single leg and get fucking crucifixed. Like <laughs> you can't. Oh, and in this goodness. high of a level, high of level MMA, that shit doesn't happen. You that she needs to go to a wrestling coach somewhere. I don't. I don't know who. I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know even if 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 it's even like crossed her mind. I guess she thinks that the striking coach, Jason Perillo, is enough. It's not. The striking coach is not enough. Fuck the striking coach at this point. Fuck that. Go for a fucking wrestling coach. Go to Cejudo. Fuck it. Go to Cejudo, man. Hey, there you go. Who else? Well, she, who, she lived. She was uh, in Arizona. I don't know if she still lives there. Who's but, going uh, to Cejudo? Whaley, right? And now um, Figueredo, right? Yeah. Fuck, that's a camp, bro. All team violence, people. That's a camp. Go to go to Cejudo. Let him teach you. Suhudo is literally one of the best wrestlers in MMA. Let that motherfucker teach you. It seems like that's what he wants to do anyway. He doesn't want to fight. So let that motherfucker teach you how to get a takedown. <laughs> I think that this performance um, or this fight will be good in, in the long run for McKenzie because I, I feel like five rounds of you know that and needing to do that and even her corner telling her that she needs to get to the ground as the fight went on right that i she should learn right we we assume and you know we've kind of said that and i said that before uh before this fight even steve right that like i don't believe in her ability to get better until she suffers a loss like this where it doesn't work out because it didn't and we have to give serious props to marina because my goodness, we already knew she was an elite level striker, one of the very best, right? But the fact that she was able to survive that second round, which horrifying situation to be in under during the way that she was and not get submitted and even throw up an anaconda Darsa type choke of her own, Steve. And that was looking pretty tight there for a second. I was thinking, holy shit, if Marina submits Mackenzie Dern I'm about to lose my mind and yeah. I didn't I didn't fully believe it just because of the yeah. jujitsu practitioner she is but just seeing her kind of squirm I was like I wonder how tight that is getting because she has really got that on actually so that was I that was the most was, impressive part for me was I think that. it looked tighter than what it was yeah it very well could have but um just crazy just crazy that uh, Marina has improved her defense enough uh, on the ground to survive those situations when literally no one else, aside from Verna, who is also that level, uh, has been able to survive. So that's a very scary thought for anyone going forward trying to you know, submit Marina. Maybe you can get her down, but as we've seen, she's continually improving uh, her defense um, on the ground, as was the case in the Hebus fight, as yeah, was the case in this one. She's a, she's a striker, man. Um, but like you're, you're saying, she has really worked on, worked on her, her ground game. Obviously, um, Mackenzie, what round was it? The second round Mackenzie should have finished that fight in the second yeah. round. Yeah. Right? She got her, she got her in. 
she got her in a crucifix kind of of her own there and almost kind of had an arm bar with her legs. Yeah. Um, was kind of crazy to see, but uh, yeah, that was the second round. I think it was um, round two. So, yeah. Well, yeah, because it only went to the ground in round two. Oh, obviously, you can see all of it. And then uh, round four at the very end. Very oh, end. Right. Yeah. So Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. But Marina yeah. Rodriguez. Should... Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. And um, the boys are spoiled. <laughs> very spoiled today. Um, Rue says it's very telling that Dern was kicked out of. Oh, that is not the one I wanted to read because, you know, we don't know. I don't think we know the full story to that Rue, but she is no longer at the fight lab. So, uh, Ghost says the funniest thing is that Rodriguez tries to cross counter, but because of how off balance Dern was, the counter was never there. That is funny, <laughs> funny point to make. And, um, it was, it was also interesting. Ghost pointed this out to me, I think, when we were talking in DMs, but like throughout the fight, Marina was kicking a lot, which she generally does. But in at the beginning of the fight in round one, I was like, oh, man, she's, you know, she's going to gamble with that. I, I don't believe necessarily in Dern's ability to grab that and get the takedown. But it leaves an opening, and she never did. <laughs> Not once. She doesn't <laughs> have, have it once. They were talking about, they were talking about fight IQ with um, Sabina Monzo. She doesn't have that IQ of... Being able to catch a leg and, and go for the takedown with that because it was there for her. Yeah, whether it was with uh, teeps or, you know, shots to the body or the, the leg, Marina was still kicking and doing just fine with it. So, yeah, because uh, because Mackenzie wasn't doing anything, wasn't she wasn't doing anything with it. I mean, she wasn't stopping it and she definitely wasn't going for a takedown. Yeah. Um, stamina with a good point here saying Dern's worst offense in quotes was the glaring absence of ground and pound. And the little she did looked worse than Casey O'Neill. She for sure could have got gotten Marina out of there. If yeah. not for wanting style points. I mean, I thought that she did land some solid enough shots in uh, at the end of round two to give her a 10, eight on my cards. I, it was really close. I think because Marina did threaten with a submission of her own. Um, and, you know, in the brief moments before that that round hit the ground, she did still outstrike her on the feet. But I thought she did enough. But, yeah, it was uh, – if she would have just went for the ground and finish, probably could have got very close, Steve. She was in a very dominant position in full, full mount. Yeah. Um, but, again, that's just not – you know, she's – She's been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a very long time. I think she's only been in MMA for five years, right? Five years? Something like that. Not a long time of being in MMA fights. Um, but you're at the highest level. So there are expectations of being able to finish fights other than just with submission. Like... She should have dropped elbows and finished Rodriguez. Yeah. In a perfect world. <laughs> In her perfect world. That no, would have I been. Mean, she, had, she had position. And she's she had the position to do it. And Marina didn't have a, didn't have defense for it. 
Yeah, no, there was uh it was kind of like hanging on to uh get out of that round kind right. of stuff. So yeah. A lot that can be learned from for Mackenzie Dern. Uh, of course, always things continue to work on for Marina, especially in that those situations. But my goodness, you gotta still feel good about being able to hang down there um, if I was her. So I cannot wait to see her back. Of course, everybody is mentioning the Joanna yeah. potential yeah, matchup, it. which we have Love discussed it. a bit before. Love it. Uh, James says Marina has a chance against Joanna. Absolutely. Uh, if Joanna tries to prove a point striking with her, but really Joanna could just blast her to the fence and kill her with elbows and knees. I don't necessarily think that's the case anymore, Steve. Well, I mean... From what we her we gotta just I guess we we have to go to her last fight, which was that phenomenal fight of the year against Whaley, right? Yeah, that was her last fight. So that's all that we can. That's and prior to that, she was a champion. So if Joanna is really into the fight, like her heart is in it, it's gonna be tough for for Marina Rodriguez. It really will be. But if fight. it was really into it, Steve, she would have taken this fight already. This yeah, fight I, would have happened it, already. <laughs> I've been telling you, I don't, I don't know. We don't know if she even wants to fight anymore. I think she's happy. I think she's happy being, being, you know, on the beach and hanging out and shit. I think she's perfectly fine not fighting. Yeah, I, I think maybe, that's very obvious. Maybe that, maybe that fight against. Whaley really did take something out of her. Like, dude, her whole head and face got deformed for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, maybe she looked at herself in the mirror for for days and days and days and was like, who the fuck is this bitch? That's not me. I don't want this to happen ever, ever again. Possible. Only Joanna knows. <laughs> dude, that kind of shit fucks you up, bro. Yeah. Whaley fucking fucked her up. <laughs> there we go. Everyone will love that. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think that it's just so shitty with the current situation of how the division is being clogged up that that fight makes perfect sense. But, you know, in the meantime, some doesn't have to wait, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. And um, interesting. Uh, who pointed this out here? Where did it go? Um, let me find this. So many comments today, you guys appreciate the interaction. But oh, here it is. Rain said, uh, I don't think Mackenzie Dern would have any chance of submitting Esparza from the bottom because Verna shut down everything from top control. Very true. And it's funny, we don't often see Dern. I mean, we haven't really seen her on the bottom aside from against Verna. And the thing is, Verna also phenomenal grappler, but I didn't really think about the point he's mentioning until thinking back about uh verna versus carla and carla was actually able to survive getting submitted so i think that's an interesting point actually i didn't really think about it i figured that Dern would probably be a nightmare for carla but you forget that she did survive with verna so she could very well do the same carla is very good on the ground well yes steve we know this but <laughs> you just think you know like the wrestler versus the bjj yeah in theory you're always like uh-oh a little scary there historically so I think that's actually a good point, Ray, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and Rue, 
He says Whaley only started her MA career in 2014 and she won a belt. Just admit that Derm will never get better. Will not admit that Robbie Lawler looked like he was done she and he came back to be Come champion. On, Come on. She's going to get better. There's blaring holes. Obviously, there's blaring holes. The, the striking and then not being able to take a fighter down. But she's going to get better. She's It's five years in MMA, guys. That's not a whole lot of time. Yeah, people all progress differently. So, yeah, unless sure. she starts to go on some serious losing streak, and again, we haven't seen we haven't seen uh, Mackenzie go through an extended kind of very obvious poor performance like this yet. So these kind of things change people. Look at what happened to GSP. <laughs> you want to look at the best example you can? Guy lost to Matt Hughes and Matt Sarah and came back to be the goat. Not going to say Dern will do that, but. You know, it's possible. <laughs> it's yeah, possible, it I guess. Um, yes. So, let's see what else we got here. Um, all right, we'll move on. That was UFC Vegas 39. I guess we should say anything else about it, Steve, because no yeah, one, I mean, no one enjoyed it. Apparently, well, nobody liked the card. So, I, I, uh, just you and me, Drake. You and yeah. me. Hey, props, though, we should mention the history that was made, Steve, because this was the first card where all the ladies got bonuses. You love to see it. You yeah. love to see it. Bravo to these great warriors. Yeah. Where's Alan when you need him? I know he probably loves that, too. Um, yes, but very happy to see that. So everyone we just talked about, they got bonuses. Um, so, yeah, very cool. Some history. But all right. Mailbag time. Who would have thought? It's back. It's back because we got some mail from our boy Stamina dropping Stamina like to the rescue. Not. To the rescue. Yusuf has disappeared. Hopefully, hope he's okay. <laughs> you haven't heard from him in quite a while, but Maybe that's he's all just right. Pissed. Maybe he's a lurker now. And he's well, just I mean like, Valentina won though, so he should be happy. Yeah, but maybe he's he doesn't want to put up with everybody's shit anymore. I don't know. There's a lot of people. That have been in that boat, Steve. Trust me, I'm sure you've heard from them. I have, who uh, watch the show, and now they don't watch live anymore, but they still check it out, which is appreciated. You know who you are. But yeah, maybe that's the case with Yusuf. So shout out to Yusuf, you guys. <laughs> you know, if you know. Um, no shenanigans here, though, today. So let's get to it. kind of miss the shenanigans. I know. I never <laughs> made that fancy uh, thing. So. All right, so Stamina, here's my question. What strategy, either peaceful or violent, we love violence, do fans of this accursed sport need to do, get so-called journos, not to ask fighters fucking stupid questions? Drake, I love this question so much because I've talked about it. I'm not sure how much worse it can get. Oh, it can get worse, buddy. I think it can get a hell of a lot worse. But I'm not keen to find out. I know. I, I agree. Drake, I have said this on this very show before. We have talked about this, Drake. I cannot fucking stand MMA journalists. I don't even know if I want. I don't even know if they're journalists. Like, I cannot stand MMA media. I fucking despise them. I despise them because they do not know how to ask questions of the fighters or of anybody else in the sport. Actually, like you get the same stupid fucking questions 
over and over. And it's just so, uh, shut the fuck up. Uh, Ghost chiming and saying he asks me to ask stupid questions to fighters all the time when he's covering shows. They're not stupid questions, Ghost. Your questions are the best and always get pretty good reactions, as you saw from Kayla. That was a fun one. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's obviously not great, and I don't want to paint that brush over every single person in the media because there, of course, are some good ones, but. At these uh, types of press conference things and whatnot, Drake, I feel like the good ones don't aren't able aren't let to ask the questions. It's always the same goof goofballs, the same dummies asking the same questions. And I, I have I have nothing against John Morgan. I don't. I think he's really good at his job, and he's been around for a very long time. But. He doesn't ask the hard-hitting questions that somebody who's been around for so fucking long and is in as MMA junkie and you know has so many so many so much power I, I as much power as you can possibly get I guess in MMA media he doesn't do he doesn't ask the right questions Drake he he just and but this is coming from me respecting him. Um, so this is an interesting, I feel like we have talked about this exact thing before. Um, and John is great. I do rather enjoy him. Great guy. I've met him several times. Um, yeah, it's, I've met, uh, met him. He, I, he's, he's very nice. He's a lovable fucking panda bear, you know? <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing is with, I mentioned the press conferences and things like that, right? The thing with those is one of the big reasons you don't see maybe, let's say the best questions necessarily uh, all the time is because the uh, everyone wants to save the best for their own stuff. You want, you want the exclusive, right? No, you put it out there on that big surface, ain't going to be great. Those are usually... They invite silliness and the goofballs, as you say, the guys who are like, how the fuck did this person get in here? Like Schmo, like, uh, well, the, not, the pink, I'm not naming those names. Like the anything. pink, the pink wearer, the pink jacket wearer guy. That Steve big, is trying to get me in trouble. That big black guy, that big black guy, Ocho Cinco for fuck's sake. Oh, that Ocho is, yeah, undeniably very stupid, but, uh, I've heard that he's, they're not going to let him do that anymore, which is great because he has the same okay. stupid fucking question every okay. time. Um, the stupidest now we're question. gonna get Terrell Owens or something, <laughs> Steve O back there. But, um, <laughs> also, you got to think about this, you guys, and this is something I think a lot of people definitely don't consider. Like, you mentioned John, John Morgan, who always he's got the seniority, we always let him take the first questions, and he's openly said, like, I'm fine with letting you guys go first if you want, yeah. but we're just like, that's what John does, let him have it, whatever. Like, it's no big deal, and it kind of he gets out the the basics kind of right out of the gate, right? So you're like, all right. You, if you yeah. notice, he asks a lot of the same thing every time. How are you feeling? It's that kind of thing. Same it, question over and it's, over. It's, it's a little built, bit just built differently, and it's annoying. Well, let's see. This is what I'm if getting you, at. If you watch, if you watch, if you watch them, it's like, oh my god, just fucking shoot me, 
right now. Just fucking end this shit. <laughs> it's the art of the warm up is what it is. So, but also the thing I was getting at was what people don't understand is you mentioned the hard hitting questions, which yes, those are very important, but on especially those platforms, let's say I keep thinking I'm imagining press conference right now. Cause this is where we see generally kind of the, the worst, the most terrible questions, that kind of thing. The, if John Morgan was to go out there and be like, so Dana, what's the news with uh, Connor's latest rape case? You know, whatever. Just or or like, why you keep this guy around and really grill him about it? So that obviously hurts his position, his access. They're probably not going to be too happy about him doing that just because UFC. Why would they? they don't want to talk about that stuff. Obviously, we've seen this in the past before. But not only does that likely affect his job in the sense that. He's not going to be able to cover anymore, let's say in theory, but it also hurts Junkie, right? Then Junkie's going to be in trouble. Yeah. They're, maybe they ban Junkie. So it's not only him, but then they've, it becomes They've his, done it with MMA fighting. They've done it. Bloody Elbow's not allowed anymore. Um, yeah. But just because you wanted to ask a question that you really know he's not going to answer... And I'm not saying you shouldn't ask. I think it's very important, too. It's all about wording. I myself think I've done this. I've asked about the health health insurance thing. It's all about how you present it. But if you come at some, come at them like that and be aggressive, like uh, remember when Greg, Greg Hardy and Ostovich were fighting on the same card, that guy who asked about that, he got banned. Probably whatever side he was with got banned. You're not only hurting yourself, potentially, well, most likely, you're hurting your whole site, which... Do you really want to be responsible for getting an entire group of people banned and then maybe yourself fired because you did that? Like, it's just not a smart thing to do for yourself, which is why we don't see it. If this was like the NFL or I don't know, something where they could where it didn't matter if like the UFC couldn't keep you out. Yeah, you would see it all the time. But because there's the fact that you could fuck something up for not just yourself, but everyone you work with. You don't want to be responsible for that. That's a lot of guilt, man. Therein lies the problem, Drake. You just said it. The NFL can't do it, right? They can't keep people away. But the UFC can. That's the fucking problem, Drake. The UFC manipulates everything that comes in. They they they, they see everything that comes in. They have the same fucking people asking the same fucking type of questions every single fucking time because they know it's vanilla. We don't want fucking vanilla. Vanilla fucking sucks. Fuck vanilla. <laughs> At least give me a fucking Neapolitan. <laughs> I want some fucking strawberry. I want some chocolate. Fuck vanilla. Fuck only vanilla. Oh, we got the Steve Rants. <laughs> I love it, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, so I mean, that's essentially what it comes down to stamina. And when, when it comes to the quote unquote goofballs, like Steve mentioned, like those, those guys who are there for the very first time, those yeah. people, it's just inexperience and they don't really know what they're doing, which is a problem with media journalism in the first place this day and yeah. age, not, not just with MA, but in general, people no, who general. just kind of falling right. randomly like i did myself i'll fully admit but here we are i've done the best i can but um they come in and they kind of want to be famous or get some popularity out of it right like yeah leave an impression that's not really gonna fucking go anywhere but they don't know that so they try and be 
stupid or silly. Maybe not on purpose, but that's what ends up happening. It's just inexperience. There's not a lot of real journalists, real not media in MMA. members in yeah, MMA. Not in MMA man. It is what it is. And I really hope I'm not sounding high and mighty here because I feel like a pretty big douchebag right now. So you guys can tell me if I'm coming off that way. But hey, I, I would love to ask questions more at the press conferences, but it's hard manning the camera and doing all these things at once. So but also, it is what it is. To, to be fair, Drake, there's only about 20 minutes. Yeah, they're not very long either. Of question time, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of question time. Um, and then... And then Dana White's like, "All right, let's wrap it up. Let's go. Let's get let's get these guys faced off." And then he wants out because he knows he knows once the one the one guy or girl or whatever comes up and asks a question that he he didn't approve or his team didn't approve or whatever, and, and they kind of just slid in there, you know, on accident. Shit's gonna fucking hit the fan, and he don't want that before a fight. He doesn't want that before the big fights because that's when they do the press conferences typically are during the big fights. They don't do the press conferences on a fight night, you know, at the Apex. They don't do that. They do it at T-Mobile Arena, Madison Square Garden, Abu Dhabi, wherever they go, wherever else they go other than the Apex. Once that one person, that one media member, media member, it might not even be a fucking media member. It might be some, some fucking bum off the street gets in there. And ask one question about John Jones being a piece of shit or something like that. Why haven't you cut this domestic violence piece of shit? Why is Chuck Liddell there still? Why why do you keep showing Chuck Liddell on the screen? He's a piece of shit, right? Once you get that one person that's going to invite all the fucking other fucktards who want to ask stupid fucking questions. <laughs> I love the passion, but I don't know. I don't know. Having been behind the scenes, I think generally in the when that does happen, like let's say for example, you said the pink the pink suit guy who kind of called out Connor a little bit. Yeah. Kind of everyone around kind of goes like, "Oh, there he goes. There's there's the guy." It doesn't yeah. really make everyone feel like at least the people who go all the time. You know, like the core group who are reoccurring. Like some people slide in, like you said, but generally all of us who our frequent goers are like, oh boy, this should be fun to watch. But it's not like, oh, all right, our turn, <laughs> which because it goes back to what I said. Um, and, you know, it's an interesting thing. But uh, like you said, I mentioned a little bit, Steve, uh, because they kind of want just the vanilla and prop propping up for the most part like that's that's why some of the bozos get let in because they're gonna kiss ass a little bit they're not gonna be yeah um you know in integral i suppose you could say or have integrity about certain things but yeah i agree probably won't change anytime soon so so stamina has a few things to say after our our questions or his question and then we answered him Billionist um, is fine, absent context, but let it be so we can laugh, not cringe. Right. Please, please. And then he says, John Morgan, softball king, with his trademarks, very nice. 
to damn near every reply to Groundhog <laughs> Vibes. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like we've seen it a million times over now. How many pay-per-views are we at now? 269? 260, 269 now? 268? We're going 268? Fucking John Morgan's been there, it feels like, since the very fucking beginning, since they've been doing these press conferences. And it's the same thing over and over and over. Like, so they started letting Schmo do his thing at the press conferences. And I was like, all right, finally, at least it's a change up. But then it's like, oh my God, this guy again, Jesus Christ. Can Helen ask a question? Fuck, I don't want to see Schmo anymore. Let Helen ask a question. <laughs> well, that's that goes back to what I said also is like, some people don't want to ask because they want to save it for their one-on-ones, right? Yeah. Like, that's why I don't care that much. Like, there's some, if, if I want to ask a question during the press conference, it's simply a timing thing. Like, all right, will I be able to ask this later? Let's do it now. Because, you know, you don't talk to the losers typically after they lose. So it's like, and I, of course, it's before the fight and all that kind of thing. So there's a big old dynamic and thought process behind it. But the one good thing, though, Drake, about being at the press conference and being able to get up there and and ask a question is that all eyes are on you. Right. Yeah. Good for exposure for the 30 minutes or so, but right. depends on what you do with it. Like I said, that's why some of the the doofuses or whoever, you know, will will take their uh take their fame for a while less. Like pink suit guy. Look at we're talking about him now. He got it out of the way. And hey, I have yeah, no bad connections with like, like, I'm, not, I, I, <laughs> right. I'm just saying guy, the pink suit guy <laughs> example. look at me, by the way. Like I, I get it. You he know, had a fair he, point though. He had a he very fair point. point. He did have a fair point. <laughs> just how he worded it, right? It goes but back it to what I said. It was the wording of the question where I was like, you're kind of a fucking douchebag. <laughs> and that was to Connor, who's the ultimate fucking douchebag. <laughs> yeah. But we have an important an important appearance here, Steve. He's arrived. Oh, Good evening. Man. Mr. Riggs and Mr. King, I enjoyed the phenomenal fight card with a lot of great performances. I hope you gentlemen did too. And as Stamina mentioned, nobody did, Alvin. Bunch of complainers in here tonight. It has been rough, Alvin. You've you've, uh, not missed anything that you would like to see. So, yeah. Uh, Rain says, Pink Suit Guy was an idiot. Uh, Well, Rue thinks he was funny. I love to see it. I love Um, to see it. Bruce Bob Trotter is here. I love the name. He says, journalists need to get more leverage. They are scared of Dana kicking them out of press or a union could help. Pretty That's much true. what we also hinted at. Not that it's scared, but it's just, it's a matter of we're caring about your job more than anything. Like, trust me, a lot of the main guys, like I mentioned, would totally ask much more pressing things if they you know, weren't worried about. It's an access-driven sport. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, unfortunately, and yes. and the UFC is the promotion, the one promotion, you know, the top promotion. And if you're blackballed from the UFC, there goes your career. Unless if you're, unless if you're just, you know, hanging out with Bellator and one and Ryzen, but that's not. There's, the UFC is where the eyes are at. Unfortunately. Yep. And Stamina says, this is the issue right here. The mindset is so binary that if not questions that 
court controversy. The only thing left is to be creatively vacant. They can ask damn near anything. It's so lazy. Well, actually, they can't just ask anything because they're kind of screened. The questions are screened. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, I mean they they put on they put on the people who they know will not will not cause a fucking sh ruckus. Well, not not exactly. They they ask they ask if everybody you know you, you want to ask questions all that. I've never seen kind of that pick and choose situation. Like every time, you know, I get asked by one of the PR people, you want to ask today, whatever. And, you know, just depends on how things go. But it is what it is. Um, Joseph says breaking news. Rockhold out to a back injury. I hope that's not true. That would bum me out greatly. Um, that sucks. Yeah, that is terrible news. Um Jimmy asks, Drake, have you ever caused a ruckus? Um, I mean, I don't think so. I wouldn't say so. I mean, I asked Dana last time I saw him about uh, what he thought of Yoel versus Phil Davis, and he kind of had a little bit of a snappy response towards Yoel. Never gets to me. Um, the health insurance question I asked, he, I think he took fine, and again, I think it's how you present it. Um, I can't really think of a time I you know, caused too much trouble. And it's not that I don't try, but it's just that I I think it's all about that presentation. Like we've talked about many times, also over on SCMP, all about how you word things. So I don't think so. Maybe somebody could point out. Well, there was, uh, I did ask Connor at the press conference about, uh, um, I think like, is it something about the rivalries or whatever with Nate and something about his animosity and like, why is it changed toward Dustin for kind of no reason? And he just like kind of went off and said, fuck all of them and that kind of thing. I wouldn't say that's a ruckus though. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of anything too specific. Um, uh, Joseph says, Drake, is it true? How it is true. Okay. That, that really is a bummer, Joseph. I was very excited for that. Um, he says, how about Dern versus Torres since Tisha said she wants a top five next? I think that's great matchmaking, Steve. What do you think about Dern, Dern Torres next? Sure, why not? Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> so, all right, Rain, so you want to get into this. He says, can you answer my long-winded question from earlier? Yes, I don't know. Let me. You want me to scroll all the way back up? I know you had several bits to this because you can only type in so much, right? But uh, it's actually, I think, gone now because of all the comments. I appreciate you guys for that. But anyway, I do remember what you're saying. He was saying the thing about journalists or media people, referencing JHK from SCMP. Uh, what was it last? Last week, whenever we did the show, I was on it and how <clears throat> we don't really know what we're talking about or don't break down exactly the break. same. We, I'll read it. it. I'll okay. read it word for word. After JHK uninformed ideas that Henry Cejudo is not a karate boxer, I was thinking about the concept of matchups and styles 
make fights. In MMA particularly, MMA media completely misunderstand or simplifies the concept entirely. It seems like when someone talks about a fighter style, they usually conflate that fighter's martial art with their fighting style, or worse, ignore that with vague classifications. Like what I heard on this show and SEMP MMA, they said Duran was the classic striker versus grappler matchup. Someone who boxes is not a boxing style. They could be classified as a boxer, swarmer, or boxer puncher. Also, Steve thinks of Muay Thai as its own style, and JHK thinks karate guys as a pure outfighter. Is that, the, is that the end of it? <laughs> it is. It's in, so they literally have Muay Thai fights. <laughs> like you have said before, every fighter has tools to use from a tactical and strategic point of view. Let's compare the way Valentina and Antonina use Muay Thai. They have a background in Muay Thai, but their styles are completely different. Valentina likes to rely on timing, while Antonina wants to get in the clinch and throw clinch knees and elbows. I feel like MMA media does not really look closely at the fighter strategies and tactics as close as you do, but tries to rec generalize the fighter's style into a vacuum. I did not expect him to compliment us there at the end. <laughs> People like JHK who covers the sport and talks as if he knows everything thinks that. Uh, okay, so can we not hate on John? <laughs> he was very, very much going at him on that show. But uh, yes, love love John as well. But um, Ghost and I spoke about this over... I think it was right after that show, actually, because he mentioned it to me because Rain was asking him about it. Um, so I wouldn't say that John thinks that he knows everything. Maybe the way he came off, you know, in your opinion, seemed that way. But he will often say he doesn't really know everything. And I mean, we saw that his pick was wrong, right? If we're going to be honest, he chose Mackenzie Dern. And we kind of went back and forth a little bit. Guess he was right. I'm just going to toot my own horn a little bit. But either way, the thing that is the, the misconception here, Rain, is that you're kind of lumping everybody together with everyone in MMA media, the media members, journalists, whatever you have it. They're not all analysts. They're not all Dan Hardy, who was a former fighter. They're not all Dan Tom who's a guy who doesn't really, I don't know if he's ever done an interview, honestly, at least that I have seen, or at least lately, he's a guy who does breakdowns, that kind of thing. He's done interviews. Yeah, I mean, it's not his thing, though, is what I'm getting at. So no. Dan Tom breaks down fights. Mm -hmm. I do not write about breaking down fights. I mean, I'll do it on the show and everything. James Lynch kind of does the same thing. He'll do interviews and all that. But mostly what media members and and everybody who gets into media does is not being an analyst or somebody breaking things down. There are still plenty, but people you see on screen for the most part are trying to typically tell stories or do their clickbait, whatever, you know, news it is. 
you go to the biggest you go to the biggest the 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 biggest mma media you think espn at this right now right okamoto doesn't break down fights oh helwani doesn't break down fights those are probably the two biggest mma media members that are known in the sport and maybe even outside especially especially helwani they don't break down fights they've never fucking broke broke down a fight they ask questions that's what they do they ask the questions and they put out their their own perspective on the fight or on the fighters right so but you will not see them breaking down the fight i don't think that they know how to break down a fight honestly drake i don't think they know how it's not in their in their little uh belt belt buckle you know their their little uh That's the thing, right? That's that's the, <laughs> the toolbox. That's the thing is why you shouldn't assume that everybody kind of, I mean, again, that's the thing with being on screen and we have to talk about the sport. You know, that's literally what we're doing all the time. But in terms of mentioning those things, like you said, if people aren't doing that and whatnot, it's because they're not analysts and like, you know, Steve, my point out, maybe they don't they don't notice these things. I know a lot of you guys have seen a new light. Thanks to Ghost Phantom for pointing it out. So it's like mm -hmm. just it's all a way of what the focus lies on. And it's not the same for everybody, clearly. But people still come to these people, you know, us included. We're doing the show right now. You guys are asking us our thoughts on things. You still want the thoughts. But that doesn't mean that we're the best providers of maybe what you're asking for just how it goes so um i i think that's kind of what it comes down to i hope i've answered that as best as i could but point is not everyone's an analyst is what i was trying to make yeah. <laughs> and i don't think that and that i don't think that everybody has that in them to be able to analyze a fight look i didn't start doing with i didn't start writing with mma I started writing and analyzing boxing fights. Boxing is where is was has always been my first love. Always that in wrestling has they've you know they've they've gone together for me. They they were equal and they're probably still equal. I still hold boxing higher than MMA, even though I'm doing this MMA show with Drake. Even though I've written many articles, I you know about MMA, I've. I think my, I think my biggest, God, I think my biggest article, the the most viewed article that I've ever written was a fucking article where I broke down. <laughs> you remember Conor McGregor and Pauli Malignaggi? How they got in? How they did their? How they did their? Uh, uh, their, their little thing practice maybe. thing or i don't even oh, know right the sparring session yeah, or whatever, yeah. whatever the hell it was so i broke down that whole i broke down literally that whole thing right broke down the the whole the whole video the whole clip and everything broke it down section to section to section everything about that clip broke it broke it all down it was my i think to this day still my most seen fucking article and i've written i've written so many better articles but of course it was conor mcgregor paulie malignaggi conor mcgregor at one point tweeted out you know and 
Paulie Molinaji was, you know, talk shit to me and stuff. And it was great. It was great for me. I loved it, you know, because that's who I am. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. Talk, talk all the shit you want. But it was a, it was an acknowledgement. I literally broke down a sparring session between a guy who can't box and a professional boxer. <laughs> like now that I think about, now that I think about it, that was that was my most seen my most seen um, boxing or most seen article in combat sports. Me That's breaking amazing. down fucking Conor McGregor and pulling them all in Aji sparring. Oh my god. It tells you all you need to know about the community. <laughs> yeah, well done, ridiculous. though. Well done. But ridiculous. yeah, I hope that's enough for you, Rain. Um, you know, it's yeah, it but is. like I think, like what Drake said, that not a, not everybody even wants to break down fights. I don't think. I don't think they. I don't think they. Honestly, fight. it's not my favorite thing to do. You know, I I always hate to, I always hate to come off like you know needing to be right or anything like that like i i don't know why people want my opinion i feel like i don't have the answers or anything of course some people ask me things obviously you guys are here but it's one of those things where eh, not my favorite thing to do and i mean rube mentions this here i always thought media and analysis came hand in hand but i guess i was wrong yeah i don't think so um like drake was saying i think there's more there's more media members who probably have never broken down a fight in their life. I mean, hey, my favorite thing to do, I've said this time and time again, is the storytelling and all that. So, you yeah. know, I, I don't really do any more breakdown type articles. I have before, of course, when starting yeah. out more so, yeah. but it's like, I don't really do that anymore. So, yeah, no. And that's Drake. That's literally how you and I met. Yeah. At a site where that's where you you and I started basically at the same time, pretty pretty close. I mean, we were doing we were doing other things and stuff, but like coming together at that at that at that one site, right? Right. That's literally how we started writing out our articles and stuff was breaking down a fight, previewing of or breaking down the fight that literally just happened, and then putting it out that same night that the fight just happened. Yeah, and I, I remember I was doing the uh, I was pretty much doing an article series version of this show. I was doing not the recaps, but weekly previews for the fights for the, for the women's fights for the women only. So, yeah. and um, yeah. Drake, I I think that's how you and I you and I got together and became the show was because I saw because I saw that you loved women's MMA, and not only that, but I saw that there was there was something needed. There was something needed in MMA media where the women, especially when, especially when you and I first started the show, yeah, there was, there was really nothing out there. There still about, isn't that much. <laughs> that's true. There still isn't, but there's a little bit more. There's a, a I, there's a little bit more. Um, but when I came to you and was like, Hey, let's fucking do this show, dude. Let's do this podcast together. You know, because I, yeah. I literally read your breakdown. Yeah. Yeah, it all worked out pretty good, I would say. So just how it goes. That was definitely a long question, <laughs> Jen. But hey, Rain has the passion for it. I appreciate him sticking to it a week later or so. Um, 
So yeah, could definitely go on and on about that. But Mr. Lee is, he asked two questions actually. So before this one, he asked, um, and I see you, Scott, you know, asking about Manon. We'll get to her later, my friend. Don't you worry. But uh, Mr. Lee also asked, what about Rodriguez versus Torres? Fight already happened somewhat recently, and it was very clear for Rodriguez. Um, I don't think that'd be too different at this stage. And that would be fighting down for her where she's at now, top five at all. I don't think that should happen. But Mr. Lee asked, Drake, have you ever been interviewed? Yes, uh, I have, actually. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call them interviews, but, you know, podcast appearances where maybe it was more about me. Um I've only done a couple of those, you know, maybe like two or three. But yeah, if you want to see that kind of stuff, which is, I think, very awkward. <laughs> you know, I have trouble to watch those back. But I do have a guest appearances playlist on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Drake Riggs. If you want to go see some of those uh, where I'm kind of being interviewed. So there's been a few instances, Mr. Lee. Um. Chuck says, breaking down and reviewing fights is the least enjoyable thing I do. Everyone's a critic, and God forbid you get a pick wrong. All the Anons come out of the woodwork to remind you that is very true. Thankfully, I don't deal with that at all, Steve. I don't know if people go to you about that, but people are pretty good to, to us. <laughs> to, I think they used to go more, and I was just like, look, I pretty much said, look, I'm not fucking perfect. Neither are you. Yeah. It's funny because I, uh, on Saturday, right before the event started, I, I tweeted, I can't believe how many people are, um, are counting out, are counting out Marina. And I was like, I know if she loses, there's going to be a bunch of assholes coming out. Like, but I mean, Hey, I was just saying the truth there. A lot of people counted her out of that fight. Um, yeah. And then Chuck says, that said, I always keep it simple to things that anyone can see exactly. Right. That's that's also a part of it. Know your audience. Some people might not even comprehend the depth of the breakdown you're doing or what you're saying, right? So that's also a, a thing to remember. Um, but yeah. Uh, oops. Jin says, Ghost provides the only analysis for women on YouTube with tactics and strategy. Why not just ask him? Oh, he's saying that to Rain. All right. Well, we can move on. <laughs> we can move on. That's the mailbag. Just one question, but we extended it. Appreciate it. Regardless, you guys, good fun there i uh, got a consistent stream of viewers appreciate all you guys if you're on twitter or youtube right now yeah great to see you as we get to the news we go from a jam-packed news week last week steve to not a lot not a lot this week you know we got we have a title fight we have a title fight but about it it's about it a little replacement it is what it is can't all be loaded which yeah. is just fine. But as you mentioned, the title fight is not the one we expected. Wild card alert. Yeah, Chris Cyborg um, will defend her title against Sinead Kavanaugh on November 12th at Belter 271 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, I kind of wish it was in, in, in Ireland, man. That would have been perfect. <laughs> you know, we we thought that uh, maybe they would do Kavanaugh versus McCourt next in Ireland. Mm -hmm. Seemed solid. But I didn't even realize that Sinead's last fight against Katharina Leonard, I did not realize that was like a full year ago now. So it's like, Yeah, she hasn't yeesh. fought for a while, man. Yeah, she'd have to wait a bit, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember when that Dublin card is, but for Liam McCourt to turn around, all that kind of thing, as much as that makes sense. Now she's getting a title shot. So good for her, but... um. 
yeah, as we said, not what I expected. I'm not mad at it because she is on a two-fight winning streak. I do think that she won that, was winning that round against uh, Janae until she got cut. But um, she got cut, so it's a fair loss, all that kind of thing. Um, Kat, obviously yeah. a little bit preoccupied. That was the fight we expected, yeah. despite the kind of easier path to get there. Um, busy with the Halle Berry lawsuit, you would imagine. <laughs> Haven't heard anything otherwise. And then Pam Sorensen was the other option, who we'll get to. Or there was another wild card in Megan Anderson, who, from what I have heard, is not has not signed with anybody yet or is close to. Not Bellator at the moment. I can confirm PFL has not signed her because she did put out that tweet a while back, a couple weeks ago. Apparently, as of right now, so far, that is not related at all to fighting. So who knows if she'll fight again. She's interviewing people now. She talked to Mackenzie Dern before the fight. So, um, yeah, is yeah. what it is. Options are actually limited for Cyborg, but she has Sinead Kavanaugh. And, I mean, should be... Fun while it lasts, I guess. <laughs> what do you think, Steve? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like it was. It's cool, I guess, that she's getting her title shot. But there's that one fighter that everyone, everybody wanted to see fight Chris Cyborg, which is Kaz Dingano, right? Right now. I mean, everybody did. Yes, that was pretty unanimous, but. I honestly think I might give Sinead a Kat, better shot. Kat might have the better the better chance with Cyborg because at least she can land on Cyborg and hurt her. Yeah, I mean, Cat has never been that that great of a striker. Um, right, serviceable, but against somebody like Cyborg, I don't know about that. And then getting yeah. her to the ground, which will be your best chance. Nah, I don't know. But so, Rose saying don't care should be Kat Zingano. James is saying Cyborg fighting Kavanaugh. Wish it was Zingano. Ghost is saying I'm excited for this one to see how Josh Thompson tries to sell this for Sinead. <laughs> Stamina, of course, saying I'm not sure Zingano has enough left in her. To face someone like Cyborg, to be honest, carry on giving her the light touches for now. I say I don't want to see Cat get flatlined. Yeah, but <clears throat> she wants the fight. She doesn't want the fight. I mean, who doesn't want a title fight? Everybody wants a title fight. That's why you fight. You fight for the title. You want to, you want that title fight, right? You want that big name fight. Chris Cyborg is is it. That's probably literally why. Kat Zingano went to Bellator. Was well, because it was close to she she would be a hell of a lot closer to a title fight. Well, it's all complicated, obviously, with the lawsuit and everything, but in terms of bantamweight options, as we know, not too many outside the UFC. Unfortunately, we'll see it presumably after this. Who knows? We'll see how it all plays out. But um <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah, it is the next title fight. So in Florida, that'll be cool for Bellator to go there. <clears throat> okay. And to be fair, so Scott Coker did say that 
Kazingano would be next against the winner of this fight. Oh, he did? Okay. He did. I didn't see that. Right. He did say that. All right. There's that then. So maybe uh, maybe there's some injury related as well, but we do know, obviously. We don't know. We don't know what the hell's going on with Kat. Yeah. Doing the lawsuit and everything. But is she still doing that? Like, as far as we know. Yeah. I mean, I don't see that working out for, well for her. If what we know is true, sounds like she's got a solid case. But again, it's going to be tough, man. Yeah. Time will tell. But also on that card, Steve, is somebody we mentioned taking on a former title challenger. And this should be a pretty, pretty, pretty good fight. I think it should be a, a brawl. Yeah. Arlene Blanco versus Pam Sorensen. Uh, Pam Sorensen will make her Bellator debut. Um, I know. Now her second one, fight. She had one fight already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the Samad one. Yeah. Shit. Um, that's also at Bellator two seventy one. So I guess if something happens with Kavanaugh, Blanco would step in, or Sorensen would step in. One of them would step in. I'm assuming it would be Sorensen. Yeah. Because Blanco just got beat by Cyborg. Yep, that would be the thought. Um, man, this is like... Uh, Drake? It is a solid one. I'm not mad at it. Pam could have got the title shot instead. Um, obviously had one of those rougher... Um, you know, a tough stylistic matchup with Samad. We knew that was kind of uh, a trap fight. At least it felt like it, and it was a tough one for her, but she got the job done. And yeah. taking on Arlene, who... Another another pretty tough matchup, but this fight makes a lot more sense. All that kind of thing. Um, Blanco doesn't lose unless it's to the very best. So yeah. if Pam can yeah. beat her, crazy. You better believe that title shot. That title she should get the title shot if she beats Blanco in over Cat a hundred percent. Let's be honest. Cat's beat Olivia Parker and fucking Gabby Holloway. If Pam can beat Arlene here, she should get that. Coming in off being champion. There's no doubt in my mind there. Um, and Sintro says, I feel that Sorensen would have made a better fight with Cyborg than Kavanaugh. I, I think Drake and I feel that way too. I, I We talked about this, Drake. When Pam Sorensen went to Bellator, we were like, dude, she can fight right now for the title. She's literally, she went in there literally still holding the, the Invicta title. Uh, you know? Yeah. She was yeah. The, the champion. She was, they could have been champion versus champion sort of type of thing. Um, and they kind of missed on that, but uh, Sorensen, I do think is, is probably the toughest match for Cyborg at this point. Yeah. I mean, you would, we'll see. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Um, but yeah, we'll see how this card goes. I mean, a little bit of a featherweight, uh, highlight here at the top so should be should be something but this should is, be Ireland yeah that would have been cool they missed that on that cool because aren't they going to Ireland like the the week after or something like that if it's the week after then yeah you should have done before, that <laughs> it's like it's pretty close to each 
it, they're, I think they're pretty close to each other. Absurd. Come on, Bellator. What are you doing? Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Gallagher probably main eventing or whatever. Anyway, yeah. to move exactly. on. Exactly, Gallagher. Yeah. Um, we have bad good news, Steve, in the flyweight division. This was uh, a bummer, but I like the replacement a lot. Yeah. So Alexa Grasso's out, which is a bummer. But Calderwood will keep on fighting, and she will take on, as you see there on the screen, Talia Santos, which is a hell of a fight. Yeah. It sucks that we're that we're losing Grosso, but Santos is stepping in, <laughs> and that's a great fucking fight. That's a great replacement. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I yeah. loved both of these matchups. Um, I'm, I'm very yeah. bummed that we have to wait to see alexa come back yeah whenever that is but tyla santos this quickly yeah. hell yeah sign me up <laughs> she's, she's kind of a beast man and she's she's stepping up against a really good striker climbing that ladder if she beats yeah. jojo here i mean i think i already said that she's probably two fights max away from a title shot if she beats jojo she's there I, she's yeah. there man because you gotta remember, Calderwood <laughs> had the title fight in her hands. And yeah. she let it go. So yeah. Santos wins. She can be she can be the next one up. Getting some love for Tyler Santos okay. here. This, this is good to see. I'm glad that you guys were that you guys were behind her because she's a good one, man. Yeah, not, that, not that Calderwood isn't. It's just that Santos is She's looking pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah, she's violent, dude. <laughs> and getting more and more well-rounded, as we've seen with each and every fight. I was not sold on her incredibly. I'm going to say it's every time, probably. But I was not sold on her and her incredibly padded record going into the UFC. She got uh, pushed back. You keep mentioning it, and I think I that you could just let it go. I, I know. I mean, because at this point, she is legit. <laughs> she is very let legit. Let it go, Trey. Let it go. Uh, Alvin says wishing both uh, great performance of course got to get the positivity in there um, but yeah no she's looking awesome right now and I dare say that I I might struggle to see anyone not named Andrade and Valentina give her trouble right now she I mean yeah. she's sh showing off her grappling more than her striking lately and she is has got that great Muay Thai background Steve like that's a problem so for Jojo in this one I I think she will need to keep it on the feet, but even then, she's gonna not have an easy night. This is a much tougher matchup, I think, than Alexa would be. And Alexa was a tough one for JoJo too. She's just in a rough spot here with uh, two of these up and comers at flyweight. But um, yeah, I'm very excited to see Santos back so soon. And like you said, who knows? Maybe she wins, gets title shot. Valentina needs somebody to fight. Yeah, uh, I mean, see. hell, Drake. I mean, this this could be it. What if she what if she just absolutely puts it on Calderwood and is like, yo, I'm up. Give me this fucking That'd title. That'd be smart. Fight. Give me this and, title and, fight. Valentina, I'm coming for you. You know, just the just does this whole fucking great promo where she talks shit to Valentina Shevchenko, the untouchable. I want to <laughs> see that. You know, like a real, a real one. Like a real one. You know, Jessica I is not a real one. Santos is a real one. 
she can fucking light him up, dude. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely can. Um, and I, I don't think we'll get that kind of promo out of her. She's yeah. not quite that vocal, <laughs> but I think that if she was to go out there, dominate, maybe even finish, let's say, uh, that's exactly what Dana loves. A re- someone filling in and then looking that good, willing to do that. You can probably guarantee a title shot at that point. And Rain won't let it go. He says, see like that, JoJo. Muay Thai style. Let it go. Boy cow, which means Maybe she's a clinch should, fighter. Like, go smoke some weed or something, and you know, <laughs> and get out of get out of your get out of your head, get out of the thoughts. I mean, they're both great in the clinch, though. Rain is the thing; like, yeah, they're very good. So, um, but yeah, JoJo in particular, we've seen several times in the past those knees, in particular the elbows. Um, I feel like we haven't seen JoJo really go to that well too much lately, but. Wouldn't hurt to try here. That I mean, it would be fun to see them battle over that position. But yeah. again, Santos is so strong. Yeah, and Rain, yeah. like, do you, do you want do you want deep analysis every single time we talk, my man? Come on, <laughs> so we gotta we can't go on forever now. But and, and exactly, Ghost. Thank you. <laughs> right when I said that, I see what you're saying, but Drake and Steve don't have the time to look that up while doing the show. Time, time is invaluable uh stamina says valentina was sort of saying that jojo grasso winner could be next opponent wonder if she's still gonna say that now could be interesting uh i don't see why not if she felt that way yeah but she won't call out santos if santos puts a puts a beating on color one yeah and you know i've i have felt for a while that a style i mean just an overall game that santos is kind of presenting with her background that that's one that could be very very interesting for Valentina. Um, of course, it's hard to say if she's ready. Is anyone really ready? Uh, we'll find out eventually. But if you want to look at somebody, I think Santos has a pretty good thing going on right now. Yeah, um, that's why this is such a good fight, though. I mean, they're both really good. Yes, yes, they are. So, all right. That wraps up the news. Like I said, not a lot this week. Got it all out of the system last week. My, oh, my, did we ever. It was a whole lot. So not mad at not much this time around. So with that in mind, let's get to what is coming up, Steve. The fights that are on the agenda. There is one contender series fight tomorrow. Yep, one. So Maria Silva taking on Catherine Pop Rocky. This is not on the lineup. As you can see, I'm not displaying anything. But uh, yeah, that should be good. It was supposed to be Silva versus Silvana Gomez Juarez. But obviously Silvana got the call up to take on Loopy. Now Catherine Pop Rocky gets gets still in the UFC. (laughs) Pop Rocky gets a call into the UFC. uh, Not the UFC Contender Series taking on Silva instead. And she... She is an Invicta alum, right, Steve? I feel like I've totally seen her in Invicta. I know I've seen her before, but I swear mm. she's fun Invicta. I don't have her record up right now or anything. I don't think so. Hold on. Let me. But either way, good opportunity for her. Maria Silva still had the full time to prepare, whatnot. See how it goes for her. One to watch at Strawweights. Will we see more Strawweights added to the division? You got to tune in to find out. Dana White's Connect Series tomorrow night. As Steve does the quick research. 
research. We like research, apparently. <laughs> Yay or nay? LFA. Oh, ah, okay. She had one. Oh, against Verbeek. But that was uh, in 2018. She actually no, beat no. Isis Verbeek uh, by a decision. I don't remember that. All right, that's that must have been what I was thinking of then. Yeah. Um, but she did, she did have a fight against Emily Ducote, um, in Extreme Fight Night. Uh, she she lost to her, and then she her last fight was uh, this past May in L, at LFA 108, where she won by a rear naked choke. All right, there you have it. So, <laughs> stamina, yes, he says, yeah, the UFC sure is starved for 115ers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Dana's just handing out the contracts. We'll see. It, yeah, it dude. You know the winner is going to get a contract. And, uh, the uh, contender series is just, like, predictable at this point. Totally takes out the fun of it all. Yeah. Sucks. I mean, it. it's awesome to see fighters get contracts like you right you like the, the they're literally this is what they're li literally fighting for their lives for right to get to the ufc to get to the pinnacle of mma right but you're basing you're basing your show on fighting for a contract not winner gets a contract no matter what yeah, that's what they'll have to just just say that. <laughs> Winner gets a contract. But that's not uh, how it was, Drake. In, I know, I know. It, that's not how it was in the beginning. It, no. I think that I think this that just started what just last season, and then it continued on to this. Well, season. Every season has gotten more and more. More, yeah. So, but, but look, we're saying that, and I fucking love. The contender series. <laughs> you know, I mean, we all love the contender series, but it just it just kind of sucks where it's like, all right, the winner's gonna get a contract. Dampens it, dampens it a little bit. And Cintro says contender series for fighters about to be cut versus up and coming fighters outside the UFC, like JHK said before. Did uh, John say that? That would be really interesting. That yeah, would be fun. I, I think I was on with him when he said that. That would be really know. interesting and fun. But then it would be like, all right, well, that sucks for this person. They're, you know, they're on their way out because they lost to fucking a no name, basically, you know, a no name to people who watch just the UFC. Right. You yeah. know, that's a UFC fighter. They beat a UFC fighter. They get a contract. The UFC fighter is now cut, gone. Because you lost to a, on on contender series, that fucking sucks. That would that would really be like a shitty moment for the. But that's the, the fun of it, baby. <laughs> I mean, it's a great like. I love that. I love that John came up with that. That's that's awesome. I love that. But then I started like as soon as I read it, I was like, "Ooh, that sucks for the loser, though." Oh like, yeah. The, the job swapping. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that's like that's pretty much saying, "All right, I trained you, and now." I'm fired. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's that's tough. How do you bounce back from that? You know. Yeah, 
Uh, Stamina says, I'm not, I've not even watched Contender Series this season, to be honest. I want to see actual talent rather than brawlers. Just prefer TKO to impress Red Face Man. Puppy Mill does not entertain me. I, love I get where he's coming from. I love I Stamina's verbiage. I fucking love it. <laughs> he's a wordsmith, that guy. He is. Um, he absolutely is. I, I love his verbiage. It makes me, it makes me smile like every time that I see it. It's great. Uh, Jin Even says, if I don't I, agree with him, I'm like, all right, you silly motherfucker. At least you got me. Yeah. <laughs> Jin says, I thought Contender Series was for great performances, not just winning. So no. did we. So yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. That was, that was, I guess that was the point of it at the beginning. And then it's kind of just become, well, the fucking winner gets a contract now. It's dissolved a bit. Um, Sintra says that sucks, but that's high stakes. You would think how much pressure there is. Yeah, he's talking about that idea again, right? That's a shit ton of pressure on the, the fighter who's from the UFC and fighting on contenders. I think that's exactly why they wouldn't do it either because it'd be it'd be tough, like you said. <laughs> yeah, tough, dude. Like, how does the fighter take that fight? You know, like. You're like, nah, dude. I'm not taking that fight. I'm not going to fucking contender series when I Fuck when that. I my last fight was on a pay per view. Right. Sure, I lost, but exactly. So, all right. So, with that in mind, that was a fight to watch out for tomorrow, contender series. But we also do have fights to watch out for on bellator 268 i will be there in phoenix arizona at the footprint center oh, you get to see my boy nemkov oh, oh yeah man, the disciple oh i love that dude. bad bad man uh but before that we'll have samiko inaba versus randy field that flyweight plus Colette Santiago versus Maria Henderson and an amateur strawweight bout. Yes, that is the wife yeah, of Benson amateur. Henderson. So look out for those two fights. Of course, Sumiko Inaba, she just fought four months ago uh, against Christina Katz. Katsikis got that nice TKO over her. Looked very good in that one. Sumiko fighting out of Hawaii. Before that, she also had a uh, TKO, ground and pound over Jessica Ruiz. Got two nice finishes in her Bellator career so far, her overall career. She's only 2-0. and um, And so is Randy Field, who's fighting out of, I believe she's been training at uh, CSA lately. CSA, yep. But um, yeah, 2-0 and as well. This will be her Bellator debut. Has not fought in nearly two years. Oh, so wow. immediately, I definitely give the edge to Samiko here. I mean, I've just liked what I've seen from her anyway. Um, haven't seen it too much of Randy Field, but has had an amateur career, as did Sumiko. 30 years old versus 31 years old. Again, this is a what this is. This one's at flyweight. Yeah, flyweight? The, the other the other one's strawweight. Um, which we know Bellator does not have a strawweight division, and it's at amateur anyway, and we know that probably it's just Benson. uh Benson's Benson's pull, you know. So. Yeah. Um and Maria Henderson. She has had one fight. She made her uh, amateur debut in LFA, got the unanimous decision win seven months ago against Amanda Mitchell. And she'll be taking on Colette Santiago, who is 0-2 as an amateur. Her last fight was about a month and a half ago, two months, um, when she lost via TKO. And her other loss was also TKO. So they're kind of setting her up a little bit, which is what it is. Uh, interestingly enough, though, I think that According to Tapology here, Santiago's last fight 
was she weighed in at 142 pounds. So she's expected to make 115, apparently, Steve. So that'll be fun. The the, the weigh-ins will be fun for that. And um, seeing her and Benson fight on the same card, that will that's always a fun dynamic. We've seen this with Bellator before with uh, Emily King and Jason King. Uh, didn't go well for Jason. Emily knocked off Ava Knight that night, but night that night. We'll see uh, how it goes this time. So look forward to those two. Uh, obviously, there's more to build off of with Sumiko and Randy Field. Those two are prospects who have a division. We'll see either of them yeah. again. At least Sumiko has been Bellator all the way so far. But And like Jimmy's saying, it's really weird. Bellator doesn't have a 115 division, but yet they have fights. Yeah, yeah, they just uh, do that. <laughs> they just do that. And uh, Rue, great question here. He says Drake's going to Phoenix. Will you drop by Fight Ready? Cejudo's gym. I don't know how far away it is from where I'll that? be. I, you, you did it. Um, so, so uh, I don't know. I didn't even think about that, Rue. That's a good idea. We'll it's pretty probably close. be. Yeah, we'll probably be fairly busy. I'm gonna only be there for four days. Uh, compared to my normal six days for UFC shows. But uh, if I have time and they let me in, I would love to speak with some of them. Henry actually seems like a pretty friendly and accessible guy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I can talk to some people. See what Whaley's doing. How amazing would that be? But uh, I didn't even think of that. So thank you, Rue. We'll see what we can do. Um yeah, Jimmy points out what you said. Bellator doesn't have a 115, but the fights, they have fights sometimes at 115. Very weird. Just, mm -hmm. you know, they have their gals. It's odd. It's odd. Um, yeah. Maybe we're going to see Maria Henderson versus Carrie Melendez. At some <laughs> point. Hey. The the white white then the you rematch piece. Benson and Gilbert on the same card. <laughs> How fucking wild. How uh, fucking wild would that be? Goodness gracious. Um. Yeah, so that is oh, those are the two fights at Bellator 268. Should yeah. be a pretty fun card as it's oh, going my head goodness. to head. Nemkov, Nemkov, the man, and Anderson versus Bader should be pretty awesome too. Yeah, that's true. that's yeah, that's a good fight, but Nemkov. You don't like it? Yes, you know? of course, Nemkov. Poor Anglicus. Poor <laughs> oh, Anglicus. Man. Yeah, it it was originally going to be Rumble Johnson, and oh don't man, don't remind me, dude. That was one of the fights I was most looking forward to this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. But sad face. All right. UFC Vegas 40, same night as Bellator 268. So bummer that I will miss that live as a lot of these fights I am pretty excited for. Uh, the women in particular, I couldn't really tell you too much about what else is on the card. It is, again, not a great one, just like last week on paper. But hey, these cards deliver. I know you guys don't think so last week, but here we are with this one kicking things off. Strawweight division, Steve, an actual division. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Arian Carnalosi versus Estela Nunez. Um, it's a a decent fight, you would think, right? They're both they're both all right fighters. Yes, yes, they are. Um Ariane Carnalosi, uh, Sariso, of course, she is coming off that uh, wild banger to open uh, UFC 261 against Liang Na. 
Remember that one, Steve? That was some good shit. Get the crowd going. The first event back with a uh, full crowd for the UFC, right? Um, and then Estela Nunez has not fought in a damn long time, my friend. <laughs> Three years ago in yeah. two months since uh, she was in one championship. Time, Her only loss is to Angela Lee. Not a bad loss right there. But it's um, so long. Very long time. I think she had... I. I think it was USADA things. I think it was USADA issues. She was supposed to be in the UFC sooner. Maybe she had that too, but um, I. <laughs> Did you have a USADA issue? I, I'm pretty sure Chuck Chuck knows if he's still here. Um, I don't know, but I know that she was supposed to debut sooner than this. Either way, here she is now against Carnalasi, who is one and one in the UFC. Angela Hill loss in her debut. Uh, what that was from a cut, right? Yeah, Doctor Stoppage, and then of course, like I said, the crazy battle with Liang Na, which in that fight, Steve, she had a herniated disc, was in a whole lot of pain. You will have known yeah. this if you saw my interview with her after the fight. Shameless plug. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she was pretty compromised and still pulled through in that one. So now that she is assuming she is fully healthy and good to go, uh, I think she should be even better, which is a pretty scary thought because she was dealing with the herniated disc a couple times before that fight, I think before she got to the UFC, I think was when she said she had some issues. But um, obviously, she is an absolute tank. Probably the, one of the most jacked strawweights in the division, Steve. She yeah. is a powerhouse. Um, we saw that on display against Leong as she dropped some bombs to finish that fight. Got, you know, stabbed with the, the straight right out the gate in that fight. Put her down. But after that. It was all over the place. And taking on Estella, it's just like, man, we really don't know what we're going to get out of her. That's a long time, man. <laughs> that is a long but time. But like you said, she did fight Angela Lee. You know what I mean? Sure, she lost. but yeah, She earned her title shot. She beat uh, Yamaguchi, which is a very good win. Yeah. Um, of course. And that was five years ago for that, though. <laughs> I mean, she uh, has not been very active at Chuck all. Said Estella popped as soon as she signed. Brazil is normal. <laughs> All right. That's what I thought. So, and then there's that. Now she'll be coming back clean <laughs> and <laughs> assuming maybe, maybe she wasn't clean before this. So a lot of question marks with Estela Nunes and yeah. simply because of Even all of those now, factors, as, as good as she looked in her, her wins and, you know, I mean, she didn't look too great against Angela Lee. Of course, got submitted. Angela Lee does that. Angela Lee's very good, but, um, there's just no way I can pick Estela Nunes, all things considered. I don't even really need to you know, go too in-depth about how they match up, but we know the power favors Karnalasi. She hits yeah. very hard. She's she, a, uh, a strong top game, as we saw against Leong Na, who Leong Na is a very good grappler as well, good wrestler. Um, and again, that was like <laughs> not 100% by any means Karnalasi. She, she said that like, I think she went to the hospital right after winning. Like she did the interview with us. And then after that, she like had to lay on the ground and they had to get her out of there because she was in so much pain. Um, and then she had surgery and she was still in Jacksonville for like two weeks after for a while. So it's pretty nuts that she went through that war and won it. So if she is fully better now, uh, no reason to think that she won't be even more dangerous. That's a pretty tall task for um, Estella in this situation, maybe a punishment a bit. I mean, she could of course surprise us, but I just, I don't know how you can trust that Steve with all these things in consideration. 
it's been so long. Like, how do you how do you pick a fighter who is not fought in in three years? And then as Rue's saying, I think it's still actually cracked Lee with the right hand. But five years ago, come on, son. Like five years ago, you were in a title fight. So long ago. That's and was was maybe cheating. That's <laughs> was maybe <ages>. cheating. <laughs> that's ages in MMA. Yeah. But also she's still only 29. Right. So that's uh so she was 24 something. when she had a title fight. So that means that Angela Lee was like 16. <laughs> that was definitely early on. Yeah. Um for Angela Lee. I don't even remember if that was a title fight. That's how long ago it was. Um, yeah, I don't think it was. I mean, five years ago, Lee was in a title fight. Title, she didn't have the title five years ago, right? It's been so long, I can't, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it was on her way to the title. Um, because she beat Yamaguchi for the title. I don't fucking know, dude. Timeline's all over the place. Either way, I'm gonna take Carnalossi in this one. I think she'll finish, get another finish. She has been a finisher throughout her whole career for the most part. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say round one I think she's going to look even better than she did last time out I mean not yeah. that she even looked that great last time but she did get through that war with uh, Leung Na and got the finish so I think Karnalasi first round TKO just a rough one for Estella to come back to I mean yeah it's, it's tough to say Nunez isn't going to lose but it's it's kind of easy to say that she's probably going to lose badly, you know? <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> because it's been so long. Poor thing. Ruth says, wish Carnalossi beat Hill back in the day. <laughs> Just had to throw that in, that didn't you? Well, yeah, because I think that I think it was after that one. That was two years ago. Then, yeah, yeah she, she was out because the herniated disc thing it was still... She's had like two issues with that, so you know, all, all good now. Um, not a, not a. I can't imagine fighting with like, oh, back pain is the worst pain, dude. It's not fun, not fun. But how are you how are you taking uh, Soriso in this one, Steve? Yeah, so Kronolosi's gonna end it probably round two. All right, there we go. We're both um, for you yeah. round one for me round two. But I mean, I just don't see Nunes getting out of this fight. Yeah, kind of the kind of the easy pick, but it is what it is. It's been so long. Yeah, plus plus the drug things I think should be considered. But uh Scott is asking how can Bellator's event numbers be so in line with the UFCs? That's crazy, right? 268 for Bellator and the UFC is about to have 267. Yeah. What am I missing? Bellator names every single card their numbers, Scott. So, like, UFC doesn't count fight nights. They've actually had, like, over 500. That's the thing, is that all yeah. Bellator shows are their numbers. Uh, I mean, except for some. They have some little exceptions, but that's why. Because UFC only numbers pay-per-views. That, that's why. You know that kind of bothers the UFC a little bit, though. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Drake, those are some bitchy ass people. Pancrase is at like 300. <laughs> oh, Pancrase has been around for fucking ages. <laughs> 40 years. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right, moving on, though. Um, to a fight that has gone very much under the radar, Steve. Uh, Sejora Eubanks returns against Luana Caroline. Uh, Carolina. Um, Let me fix that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I people just are not talking about Sejora Eubanks' return. Um, I think that I think people are over it with Sejora at this point. <laughs> After how brilliant she looked last time. I guess Elise Reed. Yeah. <laughs> Which well, yes. That's probably it why. Was Elise Reed. Because but... they're like, who's this? But I still, well, I'm still surprised though that they buried her on this card, this card, yeah. after that performance, right? Like obviously, we knew that was going to happen. We, if that didn't happen, that would have been a bad job by Sajara. Like anything less than what she did would have been not a good win. But she did exactly what she should have done. And at flyweight, which was a division she has always looked her best at, she made the weight comfortably, which was a problem. You would think they'd give her a little bit more love, and against Luana Carolina, who still uh, still kind of have a lot to be desired here with her, I think. 28 years old, had the knee bar, lost to Lipsky, and then a very close battle with Botelio afterwards to get the split decision. Um I think that this is a pretty tough matchup for her, though, because as we know, Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt is Sajara Eubanks. Um, yeah. Looked a lot more violent and motivated when she was on point with the weight last time out. And yes, against Elise Reed. Uh, Carolina, much bigger, more fit for the division. Still, Sajara is pretty goddamn talented, and people obviously forget it a lot. She's just had such a roller coaster of kind of outside factors, I think, playing into it for her. So, you know, is what it is. But if we, she performs the best that we know she can at flyweight, which was almost champion, Steve, then yeah. she should not have very much trouble in this matchup. Uh, obviously, she's going to want to fight on the inside, not fight from distance, because Carolina has the length advantages, 5'6 to 5'4" which is funny because Sajara was at Bantamweight. Um, and then the 69-inch reach, just two inches on both categories. But Carolina, good at striking from the distance. And in the clinch, she can uh, do some damage there. Because uh, what she's got, the, the Moy Cow. What is that what you would say? <laughs> Rain, I got you. <laughs> she's got that going for her. But uh, yeah, Sajara is a brawler. She's pretty goddamn tough. I don't think she's been TKO'd before, right? Unless I'm forgetting something. Um, she's willing to throw down, had that crazy one with a uh, raging panda, but got it done, hit the takedowns in that one. Yeah. I think that Sajara should not, in theory, should not have too much trouble taking Carolina down, who actually missed weight in her last fight. I forgot about that, as you see right there. Um, I think Sajara will eat whatever she needs to get inside, get this fight down, and then from there, do some damage. I think she'll finish, man, if she looks as determined and you know, physically healthy as she did, making the cut last time. I think we'll continue to see this momentum rolling. I'm going to take Sarge by first-round submission, man. I believe in her. Okay. Well, I mean, she's got to get it to the ground, and Carolina is kind of a tough tough one. Um, 
if Lipsky can submit you, you fucking know Eubanks can. <laughs> yeah. I, I, as much as I, I love the violence queen. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. But Sajara needs to keep this shit standing and just fucking knock her out, man. I would love to see that with from Sarge. I mean, that would be that would be great to show, yeah, versatility and like overall danger. And I mean, I think she could. She hits. She, she throws some it. bombs. She, yeah. No, she's powerful, man. She throws. She hits hard, hard. Sure, she's a jujitsu black belt, but she can fucking end fights with her with her hands with her striking. I would like to see that from Sarge. Um, does but she do it? We? I don't know. She's she's 36 though, man. You know, she's getting up there in age. Yeah. Well, I mean it, it, she hasn't shown any signs of slowing down yet, so <laughs> she hasn't. I want to take I want to take Sarge by knockout. All right. Do it. Round, round three. Ooh, I like it. I think if it goes that far, it's gonna be a pretty fun fight. I think it has potential there, but uh, yeah. When Sarge is on, she is a tough out. So Scott yeah. says Sarge is great on the mic. Yeah, she definitely uh, isn't shy. You always love to see that. <laughs> yeah, no, um, she doesn't give a fuck. Uh, Stamina says folks are rightfully skeptical of whether Sarge is back at 125 for the long haul. Yeah, it is fair. Yeah. Luana isn't very good, though. This is her fight to lose. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Again, it, it, she hasn't impressed me too much in the UFC just yet. And even in her contender series win, which got her the uh, contract there. Uh, oh, I mean, I, there was a Cashewara one as well. That was that was a solid one, but uh, not very memorable. Obviously, I forgot about it. So, uh, But the, the Maybelli Lima one in the contender series was the one I was referring to, which was, eh, it was all right, but not contract worthy necessarily. Um, Chuck says, Eubanks beats a late notice straw weight reaction is meh. Mana does the same. Heavy praise. <laughs> well... It's the it's the flashiness, you know that. Uh, Chuck, come on now. Um, uh, Rue says, "Is this Sarge against another girl with one fight in the UFC?" No, as I just uh, ran him down there. She is two and one in the UFC. Has the win on Contender Series to get in uh, Brazilian Contender Series. That is. Um, and Rain says, "Yes, more cow clinch knee fighter, you the Mandrake. I appreciate you, Rain. Thank you. Uh, you the man for pointing out things." Um, Rue says, anyone can hit hard. I have precision. Israel Adesanya powers and everything. Very true. That is, of course, true. But I don't think they'll. these two will need to worry about. I don't think we'll see high precision in this one. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so um, yeah. if we do, I would say maybe Caroline would be a little bit more precise than Sarge. But hey, I mean, she's been working the jab and her boxing since she's gotten to the UFC. I just, I mean, as time's gone on, she's improved her boxing pretty good. Um but yeah, no, that's a fair quote. We'll see how it goes. Either way, uh, I think she'll get the submission. As I said, Steve is rooting for that knockout. Just want to see it. Could see. She's definitely the, the heavier striker. Yeah. Heavier puncher, whatever you want to call it. So, all right. Well, speaking of Manon Fior, it is time. One of my absolute favorite prospects right now. Scott already mentioned her. Chuck already mentioned her. This fight is happening still. It's supposed to happen at 266, Steve. I'm just glad it's happening at all. I, I fucking wish I got to see it live because I was there for that. But no, it got pushed back to now. Better late than never. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Manon Ferro versus Myra Bueno Silva. Um, a flyweight fight. 
uh, Vero is a is very fucking legit. Yeah, and like we didn't we didn't even need to see those performances that we did before uh, to know that. Um, like if you've seen her career prior, she has looked very, very good. And her only loss is to Leah McCourt at like 139 pounds. She is a flyweight and she actually did pretty damn good in that fight. Leah only beat her. Leah, yeah. Leah only beat her by pretty much laying on her. So Mano Fiore is, she's not practically undefeated, but she is at 125 and not against Leah McCourt. So, <laughs> um, silly thing to say, I know, but here we are again, Steve. Do we feel that this fight will go? How do we, do we feel different about it? I mean, it was supposed to happen a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't think that changes too much. I still think it has war it potential. It doesn't change anything for to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Scott says, the first time I watched Man on Fight, she flashed on my screen just like Gaethje. She has it for me anyway. Dude, I agree, man. I've been on the train for a bit now. She is very talented. Um, and oh, Scott pointed out as well that was a bad judge's decision versus McCourt for sure. You called it right, Drake. She wanted nothing to do with men on the feet. Yep, that was uh completely the tale of that <laughs> exactly what you said there. So impressive, you know, that she could uh hang heavier like that. But I guess MBS, we know that she is pretty dangerous everywhere, Steve. We remember that war that she had with Marina Moroz, who we mentioned earlier. Her only loss then before that, her last fight was the draw against Montana De La Rosa. Did pretty damn good in that fight, but you know how the scores can be. Uh, yeah, that was that was not a good call. Yeah, and then before that, armbarred Mero Mero Barella, who terrible, terrible, terrible fight IQ in that fight. Um, MBS can hang on the feet. She can throw down as well as submit you dangerous on the ground um we know that manon typically does not like to go to the ground but she does chain her takedowns uh very well behind her striking and combinations when she feels the yeah. need to probably wouldn't be smart to do it in this one could she survive i'm sure but again wouldn't be a smart choice so why do it just hang on the feet strike from the distance put things together as you do um i think that Mayra will want to close the distance and get it up, up against the cage. Try and get it to the ground. I think again, she can she can fight on the feet for sure. She is good there, but just think, Fioro is the beast for a reason. I think she's going to the top. Don't want to say champ just yet, but reminds me a little bit of a maybe more violent Holly Holm in some ways. She's like two fights away, man. I mean, this would be what her third UFC win in a row, and if yeah. she can finish it, she put away Leonardo very nicely, and then of course Tabitha Ricci. If she can finish Silva, that yeah. would be a big deal. That's what I'm saying is, if she finishes Silva, which I mean, she very well could. It's not out of the realm at all. Um, she's like two fights away, Drake, from from contention. Well, yeah, you got to give her somebody ranked after this one, right? Like maybe floating oh, yeah. around 10. And then, of it's course, you be. win. If she wins that one, then top 10. Um, yeah. Be interesting to see. But she has to get past Silva, who, Steve, I know when we broke this fight down the first time, I don't think, I think you went with Silva. I think you I thought you'd pull it off. <laughs> I thought you did. <laughs> oh, maybe I did. 
Um, Contrarian. I, I don't know. Maybe Silva's tough, tough as shit, but Manone just hits very hard. Not well, and it's always up. multiple things coming at you, right? She she's not much of a one shot, you know, one yeah. shot pot shot or whatever you want to say. She's always oh, right. got multiple strikes coming your way. Yeah, and she covers them up. Right. They're very they're very like tricky. Um, I don't know. Silva Silva's very good though, so I think this is probably the toughest fight for Mano. So far in, well, in so the far, UFC, yeah. yeah, the toughest fight, but she probably pulls it off. Um, I I don't know if she will get a knockout here. She's a, a favorite, as you can see there on the line, minus 200, um, which is actually kind of surprising, yeah. to be honest. But I mean, I think it was closer uh, for two sixty six. Actually, <laughs> they've they've widened since they were supposed to fight. Yeah. But. So I think it goes to decision um, for the for the French lady. All right. Yeah, uh, you know I'm on the the Furo hype train. I'm sticking with yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I think Silva's going to put up a hell of a fight. Uh, maybe, maybe even win a round, you know, if she decides to try and take things down, maybe she can do it and, uh, you know, win some points there. But I think that Furo is just going to be offering up too much, doing more damage with more output. You know, she has a high output with a lot of, you know, pop to it. So Silva, not, she's going to have to match that. Right. And I just don't think that's quite what she is capable of doing. And Go says, watch for Manon to use the inside low kick off the open side or hand fight since she is a southpaw. There you go. You heard it here. Go says, Silva is open for low kicks to uh, due to her movement. There you go. Mr. Lee saying something in French, I believe. We oui, oui, mademoiselle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you are. Um, Stamina says, if Manon finishes MBS, she's got the same sort of record as O'Neal. She needs a fair bit more in the books first. High on her as I quietly am. There you go, Stamina's on the train as well, sitting in the back. <laughs> Ghost says, Silva has to close the distance to get her against the fence. McCourt did it, but not likely since Silva doesn't have creative ways to close the distance. There you go. He says also, and watch for the rear leg double attack for Manon. All right. Ghost pointing things out. Steve and I both on the waving the french flag in this one yeah no surprise there but again i would not be shocked if uh silva halts the train for a little bit but i'm a believer i'm a believer so i won't be doing that just yet fun fight though i'm very excited to see it should be a great one and that leads us to our main event steve what a journey it's been to get here. <laughs> wild, man. It's wild. So Aspen Lad has stepped in for Holly Holm against Norma Dumont in the featherweight division. Will Aspen Lad make 145? That is the question. <laughs> Fuck. I hope so. I mean, Jesus, what a mess. This has become, but props to Aspen Lad for stepping in, taking a fight. Um, she knows that 
She knows that she was kind of on the hot seat there. And if she quietly comes in, beats Norma Dumont, I think all of that will be behind her. But she has to beat Norma Dumont. So I want to highlight something and shout out to the man, James Lynch, of course. He spoke to Jim West, I think it was today. Mm. At least he, re he released the interview like right before we went on air. I saw and that. I, I watched it and very frustrating to hear that. Um, no, they said the UFC hasn't told them to go to stay at 145 or like anything like that. They're fine with her trying to go to 135 again. So it sounds like she will try to continue to be a bantamweight, which, you know, we'll see how this, this weight cut goes, you know, just a couple, what, two weeks after, or what was it? Was that fight supposed to happen last week? I don't even know. My timeline's messed up. Crazy. Absolutely. No, it was two weeks ago. No, it was two, it weeks, was two ago. weeks ago. The Macy fight was two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. You know, it doesn't seem like the healthiest option, but here we are. Now she's taking on Norma. She hasn't fought since that Yana Kunitskaya fight, which was uh, nearly two years ago now. Um, ACL uh, tear in that one. Of course, we know that at this stage, probably safe to say Aspen Lad's the better fighter. She's fought much better competition, but that was clearly a while ago. Norma Dumont just fresh off a fantastic decision over uh, a, a fantastic performance against Felicia Spencer. Definitely should not have been a split decision. That's why I was all tripped up there. Uh, very clear cut, great performance. Um, and then before that, looked great against Ashley Evans Smith as well. At Bantamweight, Norma Dumont, also someone who's been pushed around in terms of divisions. I fucking hate it, but it's what we're working with. If they would just get rid of the featherweight division altogether, all our problems would, would be solved. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have all of this fuckery going on with, you know, bantamweights going up and fighting it, fighting at featherweight. Yeah, yep, that is the truth. But for now, we have to deal with it. And I have still been a uh, firm believer. In Norma Dumont, when many others were not, I told you guys that she would beat Felicia Spencer. You all laughed at me. I remember this. And now here we are in, I I would probably say a more favorable matchup than Holly Holm because obviously Holly is a very, very unique fighter to compete against. Aspen Lad coming off all the controversy and ridiculousness that she is, the layoff, all this stuff. I think it is fair to say that Norma is the better striker of the two, but then on the ground, Aspen is a very strong wrestler. She can punch your face into oblivion, as she has done against some of the toughest fighters in the division. Tanya Avenger, Sajara, which wasn't a, wasn't a, that was not a TKO, but she still beat her up on the ground. That was a pretty crazy war, actually. On the feet, yeah. Sajara was lighting her up, and if she didn't get the takedowns, uh, Sajara was going to win that, actually. Uh, Lena Landsberg, Yana Kunitskaya, as mentioned. Um, she was able to finish them. So pretty impressive. Could she do that to Norma? She could, but I don't know. Norma's training and living now in Las Vegas, syndicate MMA, all these great people. Norma has looked very good. She's got the Sonda background. You love to see that. And then also jujitsu in the back pocket, not too terrible on the ground. 
this fight, I think, a little bit similar in the sense of last week's main event, where on the ground is where Aspen will want to be most comfortably, whereas normal will want to be on the feet most most comfortably for each of them. I don't necessarily want to call it a flat-out striker versus grappler like last week because I don't think that's the case. Uh, they've both been rounding out their games very nicely over the years. Aspen Ladd, we haven't seen in a while. Who knows if her striking will be significantly improved. You would think in two years it, it's improved. You would hope. I mean, since she got absolutely iced by GDR in 16 seconds, but that's GDR. I, I mean, come on. Jermaine <laughs> Duranamy is you know, I know. probably top two. Strikers, we've talked about this. Right, right. But again, she was also losing the stand-up battle against uh, Sijara in that fight. Um, she was willing to throw down, but she was taking some big shots. And then here against Norma, I don't think we're going to see that kind of wildness, at least not from Norma. She's pretty calculated, uh, puts things together pretty well. <sighs> this is a very interesting fight, Steve, because I think that you look at it where each fighter is at this current stage in their career. I think Aspen Ladd should be the one to win. But I'm sticking with Norma Dumont in this one. I am on this hype train as well. I really like uh, what we've seen from her. And yes, there's still a lot to be desired. But she looked very good against the much larger Felicia Spencer, who did not really have too much success getting her down. And yes, I think it's fair to say Aspen is a much better wrestler than Felicia, at least in terms of getting takedowns. Yes, Felicia's good on the ground, but... I like me some Norma DeMont, man. I think she can really do some damage if she fights smart in this one. And I mean, just how how is Aspen physically going to be in there with all this yeah, dramatic, dramatic stuff happening to her body? Like Drake, that's literally the biggest question going through my mind when right, when right. I think about this fight is what is what will Aspen Lad look like? Because remember when she missed that weight against GDR, against Jermaine Durandamy, she looked pretty bad. And that she was looked a... pretty damn bad two weeks ago. <laughs> exactly. I Exactly. This is... It's kind of scary, man. I don't know what we're going to... What Aspen Ladd we're, we're going to see. I don't know if she's going to be in good shape. Um, I don't know if she's, we don't know. We don't know, like, how is she going to feel? How is she going to, how is she going to carry herself in the fight? It's tough. It's tough to, to call after what we saw just two weeks ago. Yeah. That is and that was, that was scary, man. She was literally shaking at the scale. She was shaking. You hate yeah. to see that shit. Um, it's just tough. It's tough. I, I think that Aspen Ladd is the better fighter out of the two. More, more proven in her career for sure. I want to pick Aspen Ladd. I will pick Aspen Ladd. <laughs> I just really thinking about it. <laughs> it's just the the factors. The right, factors. Right. The factor is going. I don't think that. I think Asmolat is the better fighter. I don't think that. I think the thing that holds Asmolat back is her body. Like, what's going to happen? We don't know. 
what is going to happen? Is she going to be healthy? Because if she's unhealthy going in this fight too, then it's not going to be good for her. Yeah, and Centro points that out. He says, Lad, nearly dying on the scale will help Norma KO her. Like in the GDR fight, we are going to see Lad balloon to 170. Rain says he's choosing Norma just because I believe everything Tate said about her. Yeah, her being Lad. Um, yeah. And then Ghost says, how does one walk around at 165 and expect to make 135 or 145? Well, yeah, Ghost, come on now. I mean, that's that's what Cyborg and Megan Anderson do. And I'm sure others such as Julia Budd walk around at that weight. Uh, yeah, but Aspen Lad isn't like six foot. That is true. But, um, you know, he, he was very broad with this comment. But, uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. What she was right here. How tall is she? Five, six. So. Six. Um, it's pretty crazy that the odds are like even. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm kind of happy to see that because that's that's fair. I think these are pretty dead on here. Um, some respect to Norma Dumont, who you know there wasn't much of that going into that Felicia Felicia fight. Really turned yeah people's opinions around a bit, which is good because that was a very very good performance from her. And then. Um, yeah, obviously all the issues with Aspen. So with that in mind, I I don't know. Um, I, as much as I like what Sintro pointed out about the the weight issues helping her be more susceptible to a knockout, I just feel like I kind of struggle to see Norma pull that off, but it's yeah. possible. So my, my safe pick is going to be Norma unanimous decision, but um, I like that he mentions that, but... Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, right? So, how are you taking Aspen then, Steve? Did you say decision as well? And this is five rounds, actually. So, you know what? I didn't even think about that. I think, uh, yeah, Norma could finish it in the, one of those four and fives then. I'll go with that. I'll no, say TKO round four. I'm going Aspen Lad by ground and pound. She's such, a, she's such a monster, man. Once she gets her opponent to the ground, it's pretty much a wrap. It has been, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Unless you're Sajara Eubanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but Sajara Eubanks is pretty pretty much unstoppable. Like she can't be beat on very, pretty very good. hard, very hard to knock her out or even finish her in any way. Yeah. But as she beat line, Mackenzie Dern and grappling, you guys don't forget. It's true. That's crazy, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, but Aspen Lad, ah, yeah, she's got to get it to the ground and and use her ground to pound, which is very fantastic. She's she's pretty violent and mean. Yep, that is true. And I guess we should also point out too how with Norma's fight against Felicia, that was also. Um, short notice, and I'm just now remembering this, but when I spoke to her, she said that you know she was still feeling the effects similar similar to kind of what Aspen Lad might go through. She was feeling the effects of her weight cut from the Ashley Evans Smith fight, or no, she was supposed to fight Blanchfield right before that, but then that fight fell out because she had her own weight issues. So she did that weight cut. And then she went and took the Felicia Spencer fight. Very similar, actually, how this fight has come together. But then she took that one and was still feeling the effects of it. And 
was in a lot of pain throughout the fight. And in the third round, she was feeling like quitting despite winning. Um, so she wasn't even 100% for that Felicia Spencer fight and was not happy with the performance. So now having had to train for this whole camp, despite a different opponent, at 145 pounds without really depleting herself, Norma could come in even better. And then, like I said, with the effects of the weight cut, could very well affect Aspen, as we've been touched on this whole time. So that's a little factor that just hit me. So it's going to be interesting, man. I uh, this is It's weird how this all came together, but it's pretty compelling. And um, my big question still is, Steve, why not Macy? <laughs> yeah. Why not Macy? Who got who got gypped out of this whole thing? And Macy legit won the tough uh house at 145 in that division. Yep. But so she, you know that she can make that weight. I mean, she's like she's probably better at 145 to be honest. She's really good. She she looked great at, in the ultimate fighter. Yeah. That she did. Uh Scott's happening with Macy. Yeah. I hope she was at least offered because if she wasn't, that's pretty bullshit. Um Scott says, I'd take Aspen if she could somehow avoid media day. <laughs> Gonna be a rough one. This fight is so interesting. I didn't see Norma doing what she did versus Spencer, so what do I know? Nothing. Well, go check yeah, it out, Scott, because it was a great media day. She's literally the headliner. Yeah, that would be. Oh man, if they, if they don't, if they allow her to skip it, that'd be silly. Um, stay when it says Macy's probably just keeping her at phantom weight, pure and simple. Is that Ghost Phantom's weight? What are we getting at here? Because you know what time it is. <laughs> but, um, all right. So we're actually we are different in this fight. Yeah. That we you are. Picked, you picked Dumont and I picked Aspen Lad. And that's the only one, right? So out of all of them, yeah. Very rarely. I think you happened. wanted me to pick Silver for some reason. I I I could have swore you picked her last time, is why. I just I swear you did. So. Maybe I did, I don't know. Yeah. Things change. It's been two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Centro Wing is hyped rightfully so phantom oh punch. yeah oh yeah kool-aid no, not oh yeah like macho man oh yeah like kool-aid <laughs> right yeah oh yeah i haven't seen the commercials in a while give me a break stamina says phantom weight is 135 because it's a fucking ghost town in that division all right fair enough but either way yeah. let's get on phantom yeah. punch breakdown number 13 coming at you can you guess who I just put it out on Twitter, but it is the champ. Today we have Emily Dakota. Gardenia is our highlighted fighter this week. Coming in fresh yeah. off of one of the best knockouts you'll see all year. James says, yeah. love the Phantom Punch breakdown. I binged these like two weeks ago. I feel like you tell us that every week, man. Appreciate you so much. So <laughs> let's get into it shall we with the championship master class yeah, get yourselves ready get your popcorn red day as we 
close out the show here with a masterclass, as we said. Many remember the highlight reel knockout. However, Dakota did a wonderful job of varying her counters in a... St- oh, that was quick. <laughs> she did a wonderful job of varying her counters and establishing a foundation with her striking in the short duration of this fight. The jab can be a very useful tool since it can stabilize and reset the opposition, but it becomes completely useless when you do it from too far away and back up at the same time. Really pawn was Danielle Taylor. <laughs> Dakota throws a step up inside low kick, which creates a threat. Right away with the inside low kick from Ghost. Flaccid double jab with head angling forward is the beginning of the end since Dakota recognizes pattern through her high guard. Remember this position. Step up inside low kick draws out check. The check is a good defense for the inside low kick. However, it stops the user from moving and user is now on one leg. Outside parry over a half committal jab loads up the rear straight and rear pivot. <laughs> rear straight punch, just, rear straight just lands while the opponent throws off, throws an off balance looping hook counter. The hook counter is off balance since the lead leg is elevating while the hook is being thrown. Dakota pulls back and remains defensively responsible with her high guard. Defensively responsible. I love that wordage. Dakota wisely varies her counter to the opponent's uneducated jab by throwing the rear straight to the floating rib. Rear pivot generates power. Boom, right on the rib. Dakota again varies up the counter to the predictable and uneducated jab by throwing a step up lead head kick. Bink. Bink? Roman Block over here? Hooking off the jab is an underutilized combo and great against the high guard. Unfortunately, since the opponent steps forward, instead of changing. Position at an angle, this great move has been rendered useless. Good rear counter attempt misses by Dakota, but remains balanced while the opponent is out of position. Attempting techniques to see if it works. No foundation, just throw the inside low kick at the wrong distance and hope it lands. Dakota throws an inside low kick at the correct distance, but is checked. The opponent reaction of checking has become a foundation to build off the inside low kick. 
Opponent attacks with the cross-hook combo on a straight line. Very honest striking. Rear post off the high guard pushes the opponent off balance. Step-up motion draws out the opponent's check, but the direction of the high kick is but the direction of the kick is high. This is a great example of building off the foundation of the step-up inside low kick. Of course it does. <laughs> opponent never once threw a lead leg push kick in this fight, yet has decided to knee slide to see if it forces a reaction. Dakota doesn't react since there's no threat of danger. No threat or danger. No, because it's Danielle Taylor. <laughs> focused on the lead hook threat Dakota maintains her position since there's no threat of the lead push kick looks like she has like Superman <laughs> Superman um, lasers coming out of her eyes <laughs> there you go uh, rear straight connects over the top of predictable hook same position from earlier in the round the pivot generates power Smack. Bang. Yeah. Pow. Here, hello, horror. A moderately intelligent fighter would probably think, that was painful. Maybe I should do a better job hiding my attack so I don't get cracked like that again. <laughs> moderately intelligent. That's fucked up. Wow. Dude. Shade. <laughs> That's fucked up, ghost. That's fucked up, dude. <laughs> Please, dear, y'all don't watch this. I know. Yikes. <laughs> Dakota goes back to the inside low kick to stop the opponent from moving and to keep the opponent honest. This was a great performance, my goodness. Yeah, it really was. But, I mean, again, it's Daniel Taylor. Like, there's not a whole lot, you know? <laughs> but, hey, a lot of people have not been able to do this, Steve. Yeah, that is the no, thing. No, I mean. Whaley couldn't do this. It's true. You know, think yeah. about that. Defends the low kick by using the hip hinge to retract the lead leg. And that is not a knock on Whaley, you guys. Do not eat me alive. I'm just saying. Look at no, Dakota is the only one to finish Taylor in this fashion. Um, beautiful rear low kick counter to the back of the thigh off the missed inside low kick. She's just got a very awkward style. <laughs> but Dakota figured her out beautifully. Yeah, she a master class. She had a great game plan going into this fight. And it sure paid off. <laughs> Coming yeah. up soon in a matter of moments here. <laughs> you can just feel it. Step up motion causes the opponent <laughs> to react with a check while the kick goes high to the arms. And so he also couldn't do that. Let me point that out as well. Just it's true, man. Out. Like Daniel Taylor's been in there with a lot of great fighters. Yeah. That didn't finish her. Mm -mm. Dakota uses a Wonder Boy step-up style feint, but to her opponent, it just looks like another inside low kick is coming. Prepares the check. 
sidekick lance on the solar plexus while the that's opponent dirty, standing dirty. on one leg because of a low kick that never came yeah yeah Filth. that's so Filth. fucking dirty <laughs> brilliant yeah she was locked in man like just watching this at this pace is like kind of like her perfect fight you know oh yeah Even though the inside low kick is checked, tactical failure. Going back to the inside low kick is a good long-term strategy since Dakota can build off the quick re off the check reaction from her opponent. Uh, if the fight hadn't ended early, <laughs> that's great. Because uh, here it comes. Dakota sees the flaccid jab attempt by the opponent and begins to load the rear straight. There's the flaccid again. Flaccidity. Powerful shot to the floating rib. Step and pivot generates power. Last week we had crotches. This week we have flaccidity. <laughs> opponent attempts pointless feints while circling. Feints are supposed to look like a threat of a real attack. But opponent keeps backing up while fainting. Quite bizarre. More backing up while fainting. Dakota does a great job closing the distance while the opponent backs up towards the fence. Another shot to the ribs there. Dakota maintains her stance while the opponent telegraphs her jab to hook combo. Dakota recognizes that the opponent is using the same pattern of attacking on a straight line while dipping the head towards the rear hand. All oh. of Dakota's body weight is behind this beautiful right cross counter since she pivots her, her rear leg and transfers her weight to the lead leg. She Second time break. this has happened. Look at Taylor uh, just fucking oh. dead. Dakota bounces into Southpaw to regain her balance. Oh, God, it's coming. <laughs> Recognizes open stance oh. situation since the opponent is in orthodox. Well, Dakota is in Southpaw. Pivot of the lead foot preps the rear high kick. Oh, lead arm swing and pivot increases the speed of this beautiful high kick. That's I just got chills. So I just got chills calling that. <laughs> My so God. Holy shit. That's wow. So nasty. Let's That's see that again. Such a nasty fucking kick. I legit got chills from calling that. That was crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Dakota's opponent is the most risk-averse fighter in MMA. <laughs> she just tries to survive instead of fighting. Her opponent's entire strategy revolves around not getting knocked out. This so let's really appreciate this highlight real knockout. This was more <laughs> trolling and talking shit about Daniel Taylor than it was giving praise to Emily Dakota. No, no, no. <laughs> good, a good balance, a fine balance. Um, Dakota striking summary. Dakota did a great job of varying her her counters. Off the opponent's jab, she would throw a counter cross, a straight right to the floating ribs, or a step up high kick. She also created a foundation off the inside low kick. She kept throwing the inside low kick, even though it was being checked. Knowing that reaction, Dakota would kick her opponent's arms with a step up high kick while the opponent was off, was on one leg to off balance the opponent, or she would step up with a Wonder Boy style side kick. This is a unique triple attack from just the lead step the lead leg step up that more fighters should be using clearly 
More of the strikes Dakota threw had some power, yet her opponent decided not to make any adjustments. What are some of your theories to why Dakota's opponent did not respect the power of the strikes that were being thrown at her? Here are some possible theories. A, bad fight IQ. B, overconfidence in her chin's ability to take strikes. C, since she beat Hom, Penne, Ruiz. Yeah, I forgot to mention that too. And Aguilar. She thought Dakota would be an easier fight. D, other well, here we are at that point of the segment. Steve, I don't know about you, but I feel it's a little bit of a mixture of all three of those options. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially in this fight, like y- you haven't seen like a very bad fight IQ from Daniel Taylor in her fights, say against like Whaley or whatever. But in this one specifically, horrible fight IQ, terrible. Very, very bad. And Dakota was just like on her game the whole fight. She went in there. You can tell that she went in there, had a game plan. She knew what Daniel Taylor was going to do or not do. And she was able to take advantage of it. And that's why you saw such a beautiful head kick knockout. Yeah. Very well said, and I think that it has helped maybe to uh, just kind of see from Dakota's side and really analyze the career of Danielle Taylor, whereas with Danielle, like he mentions in what is this uh, uh, kind of see since she has been in there with so many, you know, talented yeah. fighters and and made it either close enough or beat them yeah. in certain cases. It's like. She wasn't worried about changing things up. Like I said with Mackenzie Dern earlier, you're not going to learn or feel maybe the same necessity of making certain improvements or adjustments until you suffer a really bad loss. So hopefully, in theory, Daniel Taylor should learn a lot from this. Should. You would right? think should. That she would we'll see. Back. <laughs> you would think that she would bounce back from it and do maybe be more active rather than be defensive. Yeah. And her defense really didn't work out against Dakota in this fight. I mean, obviously, she got head kicked to hell. But also, it's one of those things where, like, you've already been fighting for so long and fighting this way. Like, is it too late to change it? I mean, it's never really too late, but a lot easier said than done, right? So, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about... in we've, we've covered... Danielle Taylor, her, you know, her fights. We've talked about her fights, break broken down her fights, yeah. previewed them and, and, and whatnot. And she's just a tough one, tough one, tough opponent for every, for any, any fighter. Um, this is crazy props to Dakota and her team though, for doing what they, what she did against. A very tough checkers opponent. in that one. Yeah, for sure. So very nice. And I think that this was probably the first fan of punch breakdown where he asked a question about the opponent at the end. So that's kind of funny making history, but Holy shit. I have thoroughly enjoyed these last two fan of punch breakdowns. I enjoy all of them, of course, but these last two, like give Invictus some fucking love you guys. Cause they obviously got some absolute killers. Jessica Delboni last week, the, the uh, maybe uncrowned champ, however you would like to say. One of the best Adam Waits in the world. And now 
the strawweight champ, yeah. Emily Dakota. Can't wait to see her back after a stellar masterclassing, as he said. Um, Cintro, popcorn ready, as he said, to top it off. Scott said, thanks, guys. This is a great podcast. Thank you, Scott. I'm so happy you tuned in and found us. I know you've been supporting me for a while. Thank I appreciate you, it so much, man. And, uh, you know, he found us uh, this past week once, um, I think, once Pat came aboard. So also Pat is here. We'll get to the plugs later. But uh, Alvin says, came back just in time. Yes, you did. Jen laughing at flaccid. <laughs> Fair enough. I had to hold myself back as well because I'm very immature. Uh, James says, did Ghost, yes, did Ghost just say flaccid with <laughs> the sweating brow? a couple times. <laughs> yes, he did. Hmm. Um, Stamina says, Ugh, send that exact block of text to Michelle Watterson and Macy Barber. Air Jabbers Deluxe. <laughs> Not wrong. Uh, Cintra says, flaccid. That's one who described her jab. <laughs> Damn right. We got vocabulary on this show. <laughs> uh, Jimmy says, man, Ghost going into Daniel Taylor technique today. Flaccid on Educated. <laughs> He went. He kind of went in. On yeah, he the did. I mean, the uh, the fictional quote was absolutely excellent. I'm um, hoping that they don't watch this fight. Yeah, that would be. Just, that would be. <laughs> not. We have nothing. I have nothing against you, Daniel Taylor. I think yeah, you're delightful. Absolutely not. Uh, Mr. Lee says, "Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it." I know the anticipation was very strong in that one. Like uh, we knew what was coming. Yes, Rue says, Masterclass, this must be a good fight. Well, that was the whole thing right there, Rue. That was literally the whole fight, which is yeah, awesome. You watched the fight. Uh, James says, is this the first time Ghost broke down an entire fight? Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean. No, I feel like he did one. Like involved it, a full fight in one. A full but fight. Like, was like, it with Hum, hum Humsaki? Uh, Miu, yeah, I guess technically you could say he did break down like the whole Miu fight pretty much, pretty much. That fight wasn't very long, but this one was centered around that fight, so eh, I think it's half and half, James. Good, good question, though. Um, Jen says, Ghost love the arrows. <laughs> I think he's saying he saying two ghosts, he loves the arrows, yeah, very <laughs> nice. Uh, Jimmy says, Geez, that rear hand landed hard. James laughing, probably a flaccidity again, uh, or the shade, the shade thrown. Jin says, OFG. Uh, Ghost is not happy with Taylor's technique. <laughs> Stamina says, I'm here for all the barbed assessment. <laughs> this was different. It was a little it was good. Yeah, this I one. mean, this this was a good one, you know, and he, he, he definitely threw a little bit of shade in there. Yeah, he says, and that exact move Dakota just did is what got Whaley slumped, oddly enough. Uh, James says, great job, Ghost, of showing how to build a foundation. Yeah, Jimmy says, using a tactical failure as a long-term plan. Great stuff. There's the knockout. Stamina says, oof, that's pretty ass fuck. Alvin says, I'm kind of disappointed, Mr. Phantom. Oh, but what is it? What is up with the ne negativity? Ms. Taylor did her best. I love you, Alvin. I really, really do. James says, ghost destroying Taylor this week. Man, I love this one. God, I hate Taylor style. Glad this happened, says Jen. Oh, my God. Inviting it. Uh, James says, man, ghost. Well, ghost not having Taylor's technique. Hell of an incredible performance by Ms. Dakota, but I'm going to give credit to Taylor credit, going to give credit for trying her best. Oh man, I love Alvin. I love him so much. Still, Go says great performance by Dakota, but I had to call out the BS from Taylor's side. Just horrendous. Hey, he's being honest, you guys. All you can ask for. Stamina says there are no participation medals in this sport, Mr. Why one need not to do their best, only to do better than their opponent. Oh man, we got a poet up in here. Stamina, this is why we love you as well. My goodness. 
Rue says, I like this new spicy way of talking about opponents <laughs> while never saying their name, mind you. <laughs> so ultimate shade. Nah, Mr. Lee with the emojis. Ghost says, you will like the next one I have, Drake. I am sure I will, my friend. They are all excellent. I can only imagine. Um, and yeah, he says Miyu versus like it was the first full fight I did. So yeah, yeah, that was pretty good call by Steve remembering that and then you know putting that. But it wasn't completely centered around that one. But uh, yes. That does that should count that should count for sure so my oh my what a show it has been what a fan of punch breakdown that was like i said legitimate chills calling that one so thank you for that ghost i love those moments that ma doesn't give me that much of them anymore but we get them on this show so awesome <laughs> stuff as always my man and with that we've come to the end here nearly hitting the three hour mark because that's just what we fucking do i guess Follow us, like, share, and subscribe at Drake Riggs underscore at CK underscore MA at the Scrap News. Don't forget, audio-only versions are now up on Anchor and Spotify, Google Podcasts as well, uh, Breaker, a couple others. We're all over the place now, just not live, only live on YouTube and Twitter. I think I'll keep streaming to my Twitter. It seemed like it worked today. We were over 10 people consistently throughout the whole show. Still small, but we're growing by the day. I appreciate it so much. Just search WMA Today on those platforms or the links in the description for Anchor and all that good stuff. You know where we're at. Appreciate you all so much for tuning in. As always, Ghost says he's sending over the next one after the show. He's ready. He's got these backlogged at this point. What an animal. My goodness. Steve, <laughs> I think he just I think he just loves doing them. So I don't blame him. I love yeah. watching them. So with that in mind, Steve, anything coming yet? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice and simple. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So as I mentioned, though, for shameless plugs or news about this channel, specifically here on the scrap, if you're watching live with us or on YouTube after the fact, wherever it may be, uh, Pat OJ is now on the scrap. And if you will remember, we did our discussion videos over on the body lock, carrying them over here now. So we'll be back in business. We already dropped three this past week talking about the Bellator five round main events we talked about Jan and Sandhagen and then Michael Bisping not thinking Habib is the go so you can check those videos out discussion with Mr. Pat OJ all day OJ on Twitter check him out as well he is awesome love that man uh gonna be doing more of that stuff for the scrap so that's exciting and then as for interviews and things that I've got coming or out already let's just say out already uh dropped that Elizabeth Rodriguez chat today she fights on Lux 17 which is this friday so i guess i should have said for another fight to watch out for that is one she takes on daniela villasmel in the flyweight semi-finals of their tournament uh she is a great prospect at a lobo gym of course training a lot with alexa grasso irena aldana diego lopez alessandra costa carina rodriguez you name it all the great people at lobo gym she is very Fun to watch and a fun personality. Check that one out now. MiamiNews.com, uh, my YouTube channel, all the PFL interviews I did recently. Obviously, Kayla Harrison, Kayla, uh, Clarissa Shields, Abigail Montez also trades with Rodriguez at Lobo Gym. Chris Wade, Bruno Capaloza, Ante Delia. Also spoke to Julie Meza Barba recently, who is in that Adam Waits tournament in uh, one championship now. So that'll be out for SCMP. This weekend, I believe. Friday or this weekend. It'll be coming soon, though. Before the fight, she takes out Stamp Fairtex. Fun chat with her. Very confident lady. So, And then aside from that, 
I will be at Bellator 268 this week. So any questions you guys may have or anything like that for fighters or whomever, let me know, and I'll try and get them done. Maybe I'll visit the gym like uh, was that Rue suggested. Smart idea. Go check out Fight Ready if they'll let me in. Ooh, we'll see. So we'll be down in Phoenix, and then the trip after that will be the PFL Championship. So I'm getting all over, and uh, that'll be, what, two weeks from now or whatever. Birthday week. That'll be the birthday week. So my goodness, three years in a row, I think, that I've had a trip on my birthday week. Very exciting. Very, very lucky to be able to do that. So we'll leave it there. That was a lot of plug-in. appreciate you guys. Steve, let's, uh, let's send it on home now. <laughs> yeah um like always we thank everybody who shows up to the chat live hangs out with us for three hours um without you guys there is no drake and i it would just be a couple guys talking about fights it would not be nearly as long as what it is um so we think <laughs> what it never used to be <laughs> yeah no so we thank you guys and to whomever watches and keeps quiet or later on watches later on. We think you as well. We just don't know who you are. Um, but the people who we do know, uh, Jin, Stamina, James, Chuck, Synchro Wing, Jimmy, Ghost, Joseph, Roe, Scott, Marcus, Bruce, Alvin. And if I'm missing anybody, I apologize. But until next week, stay safe, stay sane, enjoy the fights. I hope you guys enjoy him this week. Come back in a better mood, guys. Yeah, geez, that was rough to start the show. <laughs> Until next that was week. the worst start. <laughs> it was. Until next week, guys. Bye-bye.